1: 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com.
2: Strange play fake, Bennett. Look out, here comes a posse of ducks.
3: And it's a touchdown. Even when it looked like Bennett was in trouble, he got loose, and McConkey scores again.
4: 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget.
1: Playfair, McCarthy. Survey, in trouble. Just fires it up and it's caught on the sideline by. 65 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Schrader looks to throw wide open man. Arande Gaston hauls it in. Touchdown Syracuse! Orange is the new. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life.
2: Shipley's going to break free. Cross the 10, he's into the end zone for touchdown. 32 yards.
1: Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke.
5: Well, at least today... When you woke up, you probably did not get a tweet giving you information about your future. We will have that when it comes to the PGA Tour and Live Golf. As players today, finding out through social media about the merger. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But, of course, there's always some college football. Glad I'm back. Had a great time in Florida with my brothers, Paul Catalina, Craig Smoke, and I'm David Smoke. And here we go with 365 Sports. So this was Barry Trammell, who was a guest on our show last week had this to say about Brett Yormark on the additions of basketball schools, Gonzaga and Connecticut. In other words, facing resistance from those who are decision-makers, the ADs, et cetera, along the Big 12. We'll have back roads in an hour and ask him about this. So there was that story. Then Brett McMurphy, Craig just mentioned this a minute ago, had this one that basketball coaches in the Big 12 in favor of adding UConn to the Big 12 uh, telling Action Network HQ, UConn in the mix as an all-sports addition to the Big 12. Again, nothing has changed since I left other than speculation and maybe the, the, what, pot, the, the pot boiling a little bit more on what might happen with the Big 12 in football, and then this story continues. It's, it's like an everyday deal.
6: Yeah, Barry Trammell had some great information from some uh, unnamed '80s in the in the article. But, guy, I mean, you know, if it's Barry Trammell, believe me, it's it's somebody you, you you'd know if you knew the name and. So, Barry uh, talked to a couple of them. They said about UConn, you're talking about a 38,000-seat football stadium that's 23 miles from the campus in stores, um, an athletic department that is heavily, heavily funded by the university fund. And the quote in the article I thought was really interesting was one um, One AD said, look, all it's going to take is one president to decide to, to cut that, and then UConn's got problems. So... Yeah, an all-sports member just does not make sense to me for UConn. Um, I'm not a decision-maker in this at all, as, you know, is obvious. But if they're a basketball edition that's great for the conference, and that can, you know, that can mirror what the SEC has done in football in adding brand, 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 brand. If the Big 12 can do that in basketball with UConn and maybe Gonzaga, then that's fine. But uh, if this is, at this current time, of Brett your mark solo mission that wouldn't surprise me either because he'll go and, and work out the deal and then bring it back to the the powers that be and say okay what do you think and then try to sell it to them so i, I think he probably has you know nine or ten solo missions and the ad's
3: deal with it well as you know what we'll
5: ask it. mac whether he has anything uh behind the scenes that might
3: be disrupting any of that talk craig well, I mean, for all we know, Mac might be the unnamed source exactly. that's against it. Yeah. So, I mean, we can only take it for, for what it's worth. But, I mean, he's usually pretty open with us. But, yeah, I mean, he's he could very well be that unnamed guy who's not in favor of this. But it sounds like whoever that person is, they're not alone. And, you know, quite frankly, we, we've we talked all this expansion stuff and, and everything else. And um, I don't know. I feel like it took a really strange turn in the last 24 hours where – Uh, It basically started blowing up like something was about to happen. And if you really read between the lines, like it's the exact same thing that's been said this entire time. If there's a TV deal that doesn't situate, you know, correctly with potential Pac-12 schools and they could potentially move. And like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the basic gist of all the stuff yesterday was just that they're waiting to see a deal. And if not, they'll move on it.
7: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So how is that any different than what we've been talking about this entire time? it's not it's not like so it's just that's what i mean It's it's really weird how that became such a thing here uh just in the last day or so you'd have thought something was a, a, about to break and and you know at least not today it's not now maybe by the end of the week that would uh that would be the case i know there's certainly plenty of our you know quote unquote insiders and uh, folks who are having to realignment on our board who think that you know by the end of the week we we'll sh- we should They've kind of right. They've kind of referenced by the end of the week as sort of a probably should know something one way or the other, uh, is is how I read uh, AP's post and this the timeline of it would would seem to indicate that you know these next few days really we should we should know something. But in terms of uh, UConn and and all sports and and all of that. Um, You know, I'm with Paul. Like, I I mean, I think it's fun to talk about, and it's fun to imagine these scenarios. And I think for a lot of Big 12 fans, it's fun to just say, like, you picked these teams off, right, because you've been picked over so many times. And I get that as well, especially in regards to the pack. But I'm not in love with UConn football joining the conference uh, in any way, shape, or form. As a basketball program, men's and women's, absolutely. I think, you know, the women's side could use a, a powerhouse like that. Uh, since, you know, Kim Mulkey's no longer coach at Baylor, and they've kind of lost that luster, at least for the time being. Basketball on the men's side, I mean, gosh, they're the defending national champions. So that's pretty explainable. But, uh, yeah, football, I mean, I, it would take me more convincing, and I'm not an athletic director. So you can imagine how much, you know, uh, it's going to take for them to to see – you know, the the potential there and, and why that would be a good move rather than a dilutive move. So uh, I can completely understand why there's there's some pushback or there's at least some – hold on, I don't I don't know about this on the part of, of some of those involved in, in UConn All Sports.
5: We will have a note on Baylor football, a commitment, Baylor basketball, looking at a, a transfer from Tennessee as their option along with waiting on Jalen Bridges. But today, about a year since the time that Liv was uh, born, today I – I'm like, what? The PGA Tour agrees to merge with the Saudi backed rival L, uh, Live Golf, golf's newest, longest day. Um, there are so many ways to go about this. I have my own questions. Let's go through some of the tweets, Garrett. One, this is from Dan Rappaport. The players did not know this. There was a tweet from Colin Morikawa that he said it's a hell of a way to start your day by learning about basically your future on social media. Not only the PGA Tours who did not, players that did not know this, their agents did not know this, and most of Liv Golf did not know this, including who's been thought of as the biggest of the Rebels and not Phil Mickelson, but Greg Norman. And so he did not know. He's not going to be a part of whatever they do in the future, but that's from Dan Rappaport we have Phil Mickelson's reaction. A tweet from Mickelson later in the day. Awesome day today on the PGA Tour and Live coming together as one. Brooks Kepka, who might have been the one that was the final detonation to make this happen. Brandel Chambly has been very outspoken on the PGA Tour, on the Golf Channel about the Live Golf and, you know, the blood money and all that. Ch- welfare check on Chambly, that was a shot at Brandel Chamblee. So we'll get to a couple more of the other tweets on this. It really almost seemed like it depends on who you ask, who won today? And there are some that says, really, that PGA Tour is shutting down Live, and yet Liv's money is going to act up the ante when it comes to the PGA Tour. To me, no matter how you look at it, Live Golf made the difference they wanted to make. I don't know who's going to be in charge or how much is going to be in charge. Monaghan, the commissioner, looks like, what in the world you kept talking about blood money and you yourself are going to be the one that runs this league. Well, mm. like a very like a ve- yeah,
6: like a very it's a, it's a great American tradition when it comes to Saudi Arabia to be able to stand there with your chest puffed out and go, listen, we do not like what you're doing, Saudi Arabia. And then Saudi Arabia goes, well, what if we bought some weapons from you and then we lower the price of our oil a little bit? And you're like, you know what? We're judgy with you guys. And Monaghan's same thing. Like, you have to be living under a rock to not understand the human rights atrocities that they've committed. And then... A year later, the Saudi public fund comes and says, well, would you like some of the blood money? And he's like, you know what? I was really hard on you guys. That's not fair of me to do that. Yeah, sure, I'd love some of your blood money. I think the weird the weird thing about it is, is that Liv made a big enough dent in the PGA and with Brooks Kepka, who was, I want to say by far, maybe because he might be by far the best player, and he's shown it this year, that went over there with him. Uh, Dustin Johnson's there, too. So those two were gone. Cam Smith. Cam Smith. There's some names. But Brooks Kepka going over and then almost winning the Masters, you know, being right in it until yep. the last, like, what, seven or eight holes um, this year, and then turning around and winning the PGA for the third time in his career, a major he's dominated, and then two weeks later, All of a sudden, the PGA is like, yeah, we need some of that blood money. Let's do it and let's change our minds. I think that had something to do with it. And Liv was never going to work in the way that it was going to be successful where they were going to have a big media deal. It was always going to fight with the PGA. The PGA was probably going to lose that lawsuit that Kepka and Mickelson and all those guys were in because it was trying to create a monopoly and that would have just dragged out forever and ever and ever. I do think the losers in this here, because the PGA and Liv will – make PGA's going to make more money, LIV's going to fund this thing. The Saudis have a bottomless pit of cash they can keep throwing at things. This will be more successful, you know, as far as a unity thing, but the losers here are the players who were told by Jay Monahan's Take a stand. Don't do this. This is bad. and No
5: one more so than Rory Rory McIlroy, who has not played well for a couple of months, and you wonder if any of this simmering, if he knew about it and also was the one that lost his focus here. So Rory McIlroy, Tiger
6: Woods, like all these people have come out against it and stood up against it, and now against their will, they haven't even told about this until this morning when we all found out on Twitter, now they're all getting paid in Saudi blood money, Right. (laughs) So they're going to get the Saudi blood money, and they were taking a stand, and now what, do you, what, what can you do?
5: Paxton Craig says this is the biggest sports story in history. Uh, I, I'm trying to measure up. I know the AFL-NFL merger back in the late 60s was a huge deal because the AFL was a rebel league, and eventually when they won a couple of Super Bowls, that flipped the switch. switch. But this is a huge story of a lot of people who said one thing and now appear to be doing something completely different.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think biggest sports story might be a little bit of hyperbole. Maybe not, but there's definitely a lot of hypocrisy going on. Uh, that's for sure, and uh, a lot to unpack. Uh, but, you know, you said that uh, – what's his name, Jay? Uh, Monahan Monaghan's going to be – what's he going to be running exactly? Because he's not going to be running the PGA, buddy. I mean, I'm going to tell you that right now. I saw a quote on the way over here of uh, – so is Moynihan just going to keep going about his business? Because here's the deal. Y'all, y'all are talking about it as though – it's, like, just going to be this one league. And that's not ironed out just yet. Like, there's, from what I saw based uh, on some stuff earlier, is, like, they're going to remain somewhat separate, at least for this uh, this rest of the year, uh, maybe even next year. And then I think there's some things that they figure out as far as how that all works together. But based on what I've read so far, and granted, I haven't read every single piece of literature out there, this is not just, okay, you combine and you're just this league now. They think there's a lot of stuff that has to be uh figured out and so if in fact live moves on as it is for right now for this remaining year and maybe even the year after and the pj does the same uh, or if the pj stays set like jay monahan is not going to be the guy running the show uh based on it, a it, lot of the stuff that i read
5: well here's a, from the press release the board of directors of the new commercial entity will include al Ramanyan as the chairman and monahan as chief executive officer now again the players may still have something to say right, about this. There might be a, a damn mutiny here with some of those who feel like they've been blindsided.
3: And that's the perspective that I saw was the players. Now, what are they going to do about it? Are they going to run and go where? The DP World Tour? Oh, guess what? That's on here, too. That's, that's on I here, mean, too. So that's like, also
5: attached at the hip.
3: So, yeah, I mean, there's nowhere to go. So, the, the thing with Moynihan, that'll be interesting because, yeah, he basically just threw middle fingers and spit in the face of every PGA Tour player. I mean, mm-hmm. he really did. He did the most disrespectful Business move you could possibly do given the, the history and given all of the stuff that's occurred over these last, you know, several months in the last year or two with, uh, with the PGA and live. So, um, you know what? Uh, it all goes back to money. John McClain said this one time has yep. stuck with me ever since. No matter what it is, just look at the money, no matter what it is. And I think that sucks. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's really unfortunate and I understand it. And I'm not like we need to be. Social, you know, like, I'm not like that. I just think it's really disheartening that that's the case. And that even though there were guys that, yes, they're still millionaires, I get that, although not everybody on the PJ Tour is, but there were actually guys who said, you know what, I'm going to do what I think is right morally, and I'm going to be a good person as opposed to just grabbing the cash. And they got spit in the face and called, you effing idiots, you should have taken the money, ha, ha, ha. That's how they feel today, I would imagine, And you know what? That's a sucky lesson to have to learn. Yeah, and
5: you wonder if they now, those who could have gotten six, eight, nine-figure deals, uh, you wonder if there will be some sort of, not retribution, but something with that. And there will still, based on when I look at some of the writing and listening and writing and reading different columns, there still looks like there's going to be some sort of fines for those who did leave to go to live which means the PGA Tour does have some, some control over that, now whether or not there are fines or not. The bottom line is if you got $100 million and you're going to pay a $300,000 fine, so what, or even a million-dollar fine, you get to go back on the tour, pick and choose where you want to go. Will it be one tour? I don't know. Will there be new events based on Live and what they produced? I don't know. Well, Greg Norman. Who was the face of Liv. Would he would he not be the face other yeah. than what you hear about the uh, the money where it Phil, came from? Yeah. Phil Mickelson or Greg Norman? We showed you Mickelson's Twitter. Um, Live Golf CEO, the CEO Greg Norman did not know about Liv Golf PGA merger, according to the Saudi Arabians PIF Governor. PIF is where all the money comes from. He was the front man. He was the rebel. He was the bad guy. And you wonder how he feels. Probably a part of him is smiling. Because a change has happened, and then again, part of him is, wait a minute, we're about to go into a bigger, better thing, and I can't be a part of it. It's like AM great, watching
3: Texas get invited to the SEC. Be a great yeah.
5: one-on-one with him at some point, you would think, yeah. down the road. Former players on the PGA, too, or senior players or not, excuse me, Paul, made comments about uh, they're, they're at least interested in knowing the end results, but none of them, none of them had something good to say about greg norman and 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 that no one said anything no one took shots at mickelson i know kepka took a shot at brandle Chamblee. who you wonder what his role is going to be on the pga on the tour uh what is a golf channel because he is their front man on all golf coverage
6: yeah i think that where this kind of gets um really like when you look past the pga on into the future and you know i thought about this uh, Garrett, you remember when we had Joe Kelly, the pitcher for the White Sox, on in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl? Yep. He mentioned to me that day. He said, "We need different owners in Major League Baseball." And I, I like. I think he like. I think he's probably right that some of right. these guys that are, you know, this is how baseball should be. Older owners that don't want to change things and, you know, kind of you know, always stick the middle finger to the players whenever they get a chance, even even to their own detriment of their game. Um, it's true. He was like, well, I mean, look, live golf, got these Saudi people. Let's get some of those involved. And, I mean, I, I don't I don't see why if Saudi Arabia can continue to influence things like they are with their unlimited, gigantic, sarlacc pit of money that they have, then what's to stop them from getting involved in baseball and the NFL and all these other things other than those owners saying no, but – when are billionaires going to say no to money? Like, the PGA Tour, you know, had this big moral stand for 365 days, and the, the only thing that the the CEO and the president of the PGA was trying to do was get his cut of the blood money. That's it. That was his only problem with it. It was that he wasn't involved. That yeah, was it.
3: Apparently, but, I mean, it, it's one of the most cutthroat moves. I mean, you know, Paxton said at the beginning, it's the biggest sports story ever, and I – you know, I'm not ready to go that far, but I'm not saying it's not. I just I would need time to kind of think about that. But uh, is it one of the most cutthroat sports, if not the most cutthroat sports move in history? Yep. I mean, I'd, I'd have to think so. Well, once I mean, we
5: realize down deep right, inside the guts of all of right. this, but it does appear as if On that the is surface, the case. Yeah, I mean,
3: yep, a guy who yeah. was preaching this left and right, you know, being loyal and blood money and the Saudis and all this stuff, to then turn around and, like, with nobody, not even Greg Norman knowing about it, to just – You know, flip a switch like that.
5: Or McIlroy, we don't think. Maybe not even
3: Rory. Who you think about those guys waking up this morning who were like PGA guys? I mean, the Live guys they wake up and they had the biggest smile on their faces ever. But the PGA guys who felt like they were probably fighting the fight. Like I was saying earlier about the like take the money out of the equation because we know that runs everything. But just from the perspective of like, you know what? I'm not going to take an extra ten million dollars. I'm going to just do what I think is the right thing, and you just got slapped in the face for yeah, it. And, then, that man, that sucks, dude. That's such a bad sign about just –
5: There's guys who turn down as much as reportedly. And Norman, in an interview, said that they offered Tiger somewhere in the neighborhood of $800 million. So dollars because Tiger flips the switch even though he can't play anymore. He flips the switch. So, Mickelson, what, $300 million. Cam Smith got a chunk. No, Kepka got a chunk. One of the things that made me think about this a little bit, never thought it was going to come to this, at least not this quickly, was when at the Masters, you mentioned Kepka was playing well, looked like he was going to win, and then he couldn't hold on the final day, and Rom did. He really kind of emotionally, which we saw that Netflix series called Full Swing or whatever it was on, where he was a wreck. I mean, he was totally a wreck. But he made the comment in a press conference that had he known his health could return to where it is right now, this is during the week of the Masters, he had just won a week or two before on the Live, that he may have not made that decision. Said he didn't regret the decision, but had he known he could get that healthy again quickly, he may have not made that decision. So he gets to make the decision, make a bunch, win the the, uh, PGA Championship, and he's right back somewhere. Uh, And there's no question. Brooks Kepka was the Joe Namath winning Super Bowl three against the Colts, of in my opinion, winning the PGA that maybe started this ball rolling.
6: Well, I mean the PGA certainly doesn't want to have live guys being able to play in these events and win them. Like that that's bad, especially the one that carries their name. Like that really that really had to sting. I mean, you know, if you saw, you know, the trophy presentation, it was awkward. It wasn't It wasn't the, oh, my gosh, you know, lovey-dovey trophy presentation you see. At most of them, there was a little bit of awkward exchange because of everything that has gone down between the PGA and the Live guys in the last year, and, you know, uh, because it's not like the the Saudis haven't even come out and said as a country, like, hey, this is a new day for us. like after apartheid in South Africa, it's like, Hey, it's a new day. We're moving forward. This is the new South Africa. We're ending these awful things that we did. And we're moving forward as a unified country. The Saudis haven't said a word about it. They're just like, Hey, if we throw enough money at you, will you shut up about it? And that's exactly
3: what's happening. And every corporation one after the other from WWE, who kind of got the ball rolling. And Mm -hmm. now the PGA tour have all said, yep, we will, we will do that. But I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, I know a much bigger conversation and all that. And, uh, again, I, I don't know that we know, you know, clearly we don't know all the details yet, but this is not the PGA. This is the PGA Tour, correct? There is a difference. Yeah,
5: there's a Professional and, Golfers Association of America. And like that's not is the what USGA. we're talking about. No. We're
3: talking about the tour right. itself. And like I read earlier, and I, I've seen it now, I went and looked, and I've seen a couple of other people kind of re- reference the same thing, but I'm not sure how this will eventually work out. But the there is an, the idea that this will all stay pretty much out front status quo as far as there will be a PJ Tour, there will be a Live Golf Tour, there will be a DP World Tour, and that won't change. It's not as though they're all, you know, the NFL and the XFL and the USFL and the AFL, and they bought them all up and they all became just the NFL. I mean, it's 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 going to be still, I guess, separate brands. But, you know, don't hold me to that either. But that is what I've seen a couple of times now throughout the afternoon. And so that will be, you know, another element of this that needs to be cleared up. But, yeah, huge story, obviously. There
5: was my immediate reaction, not that the, what my questions are, but with those PGA Tour players who stayed loyal to the tour, will they get anything up front or guarantees like those who signed on with Liv? And you may say, no, they blew that opportunity. Uh, we'll see. Should they? That's a question. What will Norman's role be? Well, that's been, ha- that's been answered. Apparently not at all. Probably is, though, laughing uh, his, you know, what off. What a day. And then my other one was this. I remembered the Kepka remarks, which I brought up. I also want to bring up Rory McIlroy has not been the same since about April. He is a fantastic golfer, a flawless wing. I watched him at the Memorial on TV this weekend, and there's something missing with him. And it's such a fine degree, it just could be his mind or swing is messed up. And you wonder, Rory put himself out there as the battering ram, as the spokesperson for the tour, and not Justin Thomas, not Jordan Spieth, not even John Rahm, although he was vocal. It was Rory, and his game has suffered. You wonder if that wore him out or if, in fact, he knew this was happening because when was the last time, guys, you heard Rory McIlroy really say anything about Liv? In fact, the last time I saw him asked about it, he said he just did not want to talk about it anymore, and you wonder if he knew this might be coming.
6: I, I don't know. I mean, if nobody else knew, I don't know why they would just tell Rory, but maybe it did, like, you know, or he got, you know, he got an inkling that it was happening, you know, and that maybe the, the PJ had softened its stance, but yeah, I, I wonder, I mean, it, like, the, like of all the people that were done wrong, it's been Rory McIlroy, who, you know, being one of the best golfers on tour, standing up and saying, no, go to hell. McIlroy,
5: Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and, yeah. and, and two or three others. Yeah. yeah. I yeah.
6: mean, but for him to stand up and, like, very loudly often be like, no, go to hell. I'm not doing it. And then for them to do it to him is just wrong.
5: Garrett, can you get a close-up of this? I don't know if you can. I know this is probably terrible television. This was an article that right before I went to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame meeting, Here's the article. In a stunning and silent move, Jay Monahan brings in billions and kills Live Golf. It's everybody has their side of this story. What he basically said is that what happened 2 years ago, rhetoric, etc., uh people lost friendships, but he has a lot Monahan explaining to do. He will over time, you would think including already a little bit today, But he said in one move, Monaghan brought in billions and killed Live Golf. I don't know if that's true. That remains to be seen. And so it's almost like politics on who you agree with or what you agree with. In the end, as Paxton said, maybe one of the most stunning and biggest sports stories we've seen and not trying to be overly dramatic in a long, long time. It makes what Texas OU and USC UCLA did look like kittens.
3: It's Yeah, I saw people comparing it to, like, what would this be the sports equivalent of? I don't know who asked that question. I'm sure plenty of people probably posed that question for for reasons. So um, I, one of the responses I saw was, like, well, it's the SEC and the Big Ten breaking off and starting their own Super League. And I'm like, no, it's not quite that. It would be like if the Big Ten had broken off by itself originally. It was backed by Saudi investors. It was calling itself college football, but it was clearly different. They were paying way more money. The SEC had stayed back and said, no, we're going to protect the image of amateur athletics and, you know, or American college football, college athletics, and pretending to be or saying that they're, you know, going to remain, you know, maintain the status quo, but, hey, college sports needs changes. And then, you know, all of a sudden we wake up the next morning after players have picked their sides and chosen their delegations and announced, like, you know, the SEC has broken off and they're now joining the Big Ten. I mean, like, that's... That's kind of, I guess, if you wanted to get into a detailed comparison, is kind of what it's like. I still don't know if that's perfect or even big enough to even compare yep, to this. Yep. But that's that's kind of what it would be like. Is, is like, yeah, the Big Ten branches off on its own, and then a year later, the SEC, after kicking them in the face and kicking dirt in their face and calling them traitors and doing all this stuff, oh, yeah, sorry, everybody else. We're going to go join those guys over there. I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And and that would obviously be a huge story in its own right, but this is worldwide. You know, I don't know how many people outside of America would care about an SEC or, you know, big 10 or whoever you want to throw in there, uh, you know, version of this, but this version of it, it is a massive story and I'm not even a golf fan. Like I, I don't watch it regularly. I don't keep up with it all that regularly. I monitor just enough to kind of know, you know, the lay of the land, but this whole rivalry hasn't been that big of a deal. It's just been sort of side entertainment. Whereas I've watched people, though, who are heavily into the game get super invested in one side or the other or just invested in the the whole thing to begin with. And so, you know, I'm I'm just a casual, I guess you you could say, and I'm super fascinated by it, and can't wait to see what what shoe drops next. So I can only imagine how the true golf fans out there, especially the ones that were very much in the middle of this whole conversation, are feeling about it today. Probably not as bad as the golfers on the PGA Tour who woke up this morning.
5: There are even some. There's a player, Young Hun An, who said, "I'm guessing the live teams were struggling to get sponsors." And the PGA Tour couldn't turn down the money, win one if true for both tours, but it's a big it's a big lose for who defended the tour for the last couple of years, which is the players that we have mentioned as well. So there we go, and a lot of you, and we appreciate you on the chat room just going back and forth on this story, but it did throw a The only thing I think would have trumped this today is if there would have been some sort of movement and realignment in college football, which, of course, that could be maybe at any time or never.
3: When's that Colorado board meeting everybody was it's, pointing it's, it's to today? It's today. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I know we've seen those kind of come and go. And, you know, you, you point at them enough that maybe that next one's the big one. And, you know what? For all we know, maybe it is. I mean, none of us can say we've had any indication. We've had moments where we have had this or that that pops, you know, up and we know about it or, or you know, know, something about something. And this is not one of those cases with the Colorado board meeting, um, but it could very well be the same as all the other Colorado board meetings that were supposed to, you know, potentially pop something off. And then again, maybe it is the one that pops something off. So that'll be nice to have some sort of a a feel on that. But yeah, that, I guess that would have trumped maybe the, the PGA live golf story. And even then, I don't know. It would have had to have been a pretty good combination because this is, as Paxton said, one of, you know, I know he said it a little further, but this is definitely one of the biggest sports stories uh, of this year for sure and just really in general it, it is. I
5: remember a, a text I received from somebody that doesn't text me anymore. We disagreed on a few things, and then we probably just got a little bit too personal, but he, he sure did. But he said, mark my word, Liv will eventually be a part in some way with the PGA Tour, and, and he was right. And I, and I never thought that would be the case. I thought there could be an AFL-NFL type merger. That you force it. And Kepka, perhaps we're giving him too much credit for that championship, the PGA. Perhaps that's just maybe what helped maybe move it forward a little bit. Maybe not just the win itself, but what if you have Kepka win it, then Cam Smith wins the open championship? Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, who knows? Uh, And and then maybe somebody else from the Live Tour wins the U.S. Open that is always around the Father's Day weekend. So there we go. With that and that that Colorado meeting sometime this afternoon, who knows what actually will be discussed. Of course, that's been going on. Uh, Will be going on sometime here in the next hour or so. I think I got everything. Oh, Baylor, with a couple of commitments, we'll come back and discuss a football commitment, a basketball one that may have gotten away or did it, and then one that Baylor is in search of to try to help again bolster their roster with Scott Drew and company moving forward, and this is 365 Sports.
1: Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life
6: stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan county locations coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by
1: situation
5: aaron duvall owner of texas beef house why did you get into this
8: business we kind of were born into it and it's been for uh, several generations our family's been in the, in the beef business uh, the, the ranching business and we've specifically gotten into the beef business uh in about 2015 when uh me and my son uh decided to form texas beef house and uh sell directly to the public.
5: Aaron, everyone yeah. knows about Wagyu and, and, and how elite that is when it comes to beef. What separates you from anyone else
8: that may do this in this type of profession? We um, selected out Wagyu mainly because it's uh, such a quality beef and uh, it's consistent. Some beef, some breeds, you, know, you may have uh, you know a good animal every now and then, but Wagyu produces really consistently good beef every time. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your
5: house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas Raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate. TexasBeefHouse.com
3: I see an equal housing lender.
9: It's the season to shop our large selection at Allen Samuels
1: in Waco and find the vehicle that's right for you. Get amazing deals on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler minivans, or a sporty Dodge. Shop allensamuelsdcj.com or come in to see us today at Allen Samuels in Waco is 365 sports
4: the three o'clock hour is sponsored by waco custom marketplace meats sweets texas treats and a cut above the rest 425 lake air drive waco so there is that from
5: live and the pga tour and the merger we will get to a note about who's going to run this thing here in just a moment which craig mentioned that it probably won't be jay monahan although Uh, He is uh, the one who's the executive president or executive. um, But we'll get to that in just a second. Today, uh, this is interesting. Baylor did get a a commitment. Mason Dossett, excuse me, from Ridgepoint, a wide receiver athlete, might play safety based on what Grayson's been saying. Committed to Baylor, was committed to Purdue. There's a legacy with the Baylor family, uh, and they pick him up. Uh, I I watched, I don't usually watch film because I'm not a film guy, but I watched a lot. The kid can play both defense and offense. That looks like he might end up playing on the defensive side of the football, but he made the commitment to Baylor, so there's that. Also, in basketball, Grant Nelson, who was going to be the the transfer from North Dakota State, was looking at Arkansas, Alabama, Baylor, and it looks as if it's now down. It's not. being reported. It's down to Alabama and Arkansas, and Jack McKenzie had... A note about this, that, Paul, the, the one you mentioned, in fact, a couple of times in the last few days, Olivier Kumwa is the one from Tennessee that they are Baylor zeroed in on. They would love, and they probably need him to become a Bear, which Grayson is saying that will happen.
6: Well, uh, for their sake, I hope it does. They're they're going to have to play some defense down low, which they did not do last year at all. And this is what he can do. Uh, plus, he's starting to become a really good scorer. If you watched him run straight through Duke in the NCAA tournament, you know what we're talking about. Uh, and he's uh, he's starting, like I said, he's starting to become a scorer. But he's a good switching defender and can play that kind of defense. He's got. Uh, He's got that dog in him that they maybe were missing a little bit last year. The you know the villain, the Mark Myrtle, yeah. the the Ish Wainwright, who's going to get a little messy and is a, a better scorer than those guys are. So uh, at this point in their career. so yeah, I think it's um it's it's going to be pretty interesting down the stretch of uh, of them maybe locking him up, and uh, if they do that, that's a completely new look team. And when you look at the top four to six teams in the in the big 12, it's, it's great again, but really, you know, Houston, Kansas, Texas, and Baylor have added
3: so much here in the last, you know, just month uh, in the transfer portal. It's going to be wild to see. Yeah. I mean, they got uh, some guard help, but uh, yesterday and uh, we're able to, you know, I guess, was that yesterday? Friday. Gosh. Yeah. Ray J Dennis. Uh, gosh, that was Friday. Wow. Um, <laughs> anyways, that was a, uh, you know, an important get as far as, you know, guard position goes and point guard and all of that and so that really does leave you with you know down low as being your your biggest weakness and your your biggest to-do still left on the checklist so uh yeah if that's in fact the case where they are you know potential favorite there for for come then uh, that would be you know a nice pickup uh remains to be seen in recruiting obviously because mm-hmm. you know as much as we're talking about commits there's also a decommit yesterday from football and so it just you know it's funny how it ebbs and flows but you know good to know that basketballs in in good shape for a player that they clearly have zeroed in on as you said and and could use down low so yeah that's big and then as far as Dossett goes on the football side uh, safety is what you know was said on the board uh, that's where he will play um, but you know has played wide receiver is, is an overall athlete type of guy but safety is where they want him and where he will start off with and you know uh, seems to be uh, you know, a big deal when you're talking just maybe 24 hours ago about there's no recruiting momentum and there's things like that because of the Brandon Booker decommit. And then not only do you get a guy right after that, but you flip a guy from Big Ten school. Um, so I think that that's, uh, you know, notable there as well, even with the the ties family-wise, locality, you know, those types of things working in your favor. That's still a, a good deal to flip somebody uh, and uh, and bring them into the fold. So, yeah, a lot of recruiting going on. Yeah,
5: there was an edge that was missing. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's like being too overly uh, – I guess, dramatic about it, but I, I, there was someone that needed to knock somebody on their butt, and sometimes Loner did it, but when he did it, he also created problems uh, too. But uh, this roster is in flux, and even if they were to get Kamwa, uh, and even if Bridges comes back, it's still not done. You're yeah, always trying I, to add to the mix. I,
6: I, I don't think if I don't think they get Kamwa, I don't think Bridges is coming back. I think that I think that Australia thing might be um, where he's going. Okay. So, I All mean, right. it just... You think I, either way, he's he's gone. I think I I don't think I think that uh, Olivia Kamwa is. I mean, definitely, if if he comes, then I don't know if they have really have the spot based sure. on. Well, are rotation. you kidding me?
5: With well, if, I, I if, mean, if Kamwa shows if, up, they don't go bridges. I mean. They they
6: would if he really wanted to come back, but I don't think that they're pursuing him because they think Bridges is coming back. Okay, I think Bridges yeah. is going to go pro, I, and 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 by pro I mean go play in the NBL in in Australia. Um, he can make more money there than he can in his nil. Although I don't know what exactly he's getting here, but I don't I don't think it's. It's not like he's going to triple his salary or anything like that, but yep. he's still going to But
5: they could use the, they need but, yeah. That, but if he's
6: ready to be a professional athlete then let him go be yep. a professional. Just athlete. like Ron Holland
5: was committed to Texas forever and you want okay where is he going to go? Ended up going to the G League, make some money, and you would think that his NIL deal would have been really really nice to play college basketball wherever and including at the University of Texas.
3: Yeah, and the NBA with their, you know, draft rules. I mean, they don't seem like they want to go back to the ways of old in any way, shape, or form, as far as allowing the high schoolers to to be eligible again. Nope, nope. Um And they can, you know, use that to further fuel the G League, quite frankly. And I think they have, uh, in, in you know, whether it's coordinated or not, in in case by case basis, like it has helped propel that league. And now you've you've had a number of high profile recruits. Uh, who have decided like, yep, I'm not going to college, but I'm going to go play in the, you know, in the G league, uh, and, and do it that way and make a little bit of money. So that, that thing is, you know, it's not taken off. Like, I don't know where you can watch it. I, and I'm sure about like, even if they try to really promote it in that way. Uh, but that has, you know, become more of a, uh, it's made more of a dent in things than, than maybe I thought originally, um, it's taken some time, obviously, and it's not as though it's just the the automatic layup that every top prospect is going to go G League or anything like or Europe or whatever. But we are seeing more guys, I feel like, do that now than than maybe were before, and, and that's just, just how it appears to me. With your your Ron Hollins, your your guys like that, well, I, your Jalen Bridge. And like, I, Bridges is a little bit different, obviously. But. Yeah,
6: I think it's and I think it's a, a fair compromise to, if they're not going to let the high school guys go right away. At least have an option for them sure. that also protects the NBA from making the Kwame Brown mistakes of the past, where you can go see this guy play in a professional setting for a year before you're like, he's our number two pick in the door. Kwame Brown, I think it was number one, right? So he's the number one overall guy. You can maybe see if this person who didn't want to play college basketball is really a pro.
3: Yeah, and the, really I was just mentioning the fact that it has become sort of a thing because as I'll touch on and off the radar, there's now a football version. that's uh, it's not, But it's not connected like the NBA is connected, and that's the major difference. And the NFL hasn't shown any indication they want something like that. So I don't know how successful this football venture will be. Um, yeah. But uh, I will get into that and off the radar here in about an hour. But, you know, for basketball, it makes sense. It's worked out well for a lot of guys. And, you know, we're going to watch the NBA draft here in the next few days, and there's going to be some guy, and you're like, from what team? I don't know that college. You're like, no, that's the, that's the G League team Something
5: that he's E-league. coming
7: over. Yeah. yeah.
5: All right. One more note on live and also the PGA Tour and the DP Tour and really who's in charge uh, this is Alan Shipnuck. Again, he's going to write, the, wrote the book. It was in, uh, onto the publisher, Live and or Die, uh, Live and Die. Um, the question, no, that's not the one. I, I, I sent that one. Here you go. Down at the bottom, read the bottom one first. It, it's, it's not a merger at all. Monaghan has won the day, but he's not gloating because he's thinking of all the Saudi cash. PGA Tour is retained, as is and will effectively control the new entity that emerges from Live Golf which will be funded entirely at this point by the Saudis. Okay, then Alan Shipnuck, who's written the book, I disagree. His Excellency is the chairman of this new thing. Craig, you brought that up, which makes him Monaghan's boss. Live Now gets access to network TV, tour sponsors, players keep the upfront money, and their franchises just became more valuable. Monahan is merely now the head bureaucrat. And think about this, the Ryder Cup is coming up, don't think that didn't have a lot to do with this and the world golf rankings because Liv was losing that battle. They were going to go to court, but they were losing that battle, and some of those guys on Liv were starting to lose their grip on automatic qualifying or invitations into some of the bigger tournaments as far as the majors. So there you go with that too. I Man, it's, it's, it, the, how much do you think will still happen in the next two to three or four days? They're all meeting. I'm sure they're trying to figure this out. Obviously, Monahan and the uh, and his excellency were together today on what was it MSNBC or CNBC? You know they're having meetings. Someone's head's going to get chopped. Well, the players Some are meeting today heads. in Canada. Yeah,
3: there you Boy, go. So. What a comparison to use. Oh, uh. <laughs> uh, is his excellency MSB? Is that we talking about? Or uh, no, that's the that's the, the whoever the. The I, Saudi, I just don't know like titles, the yeah. The Saudi
6: princes, oh. yeah. Oh my that's, god! I said head chopped off. Okay, that's,
5: that's not a good deal. Yeah, don't reiterate it. After we moved <laughs> on from, it. yeah. No, I'm, whoever. I'm, I'm apologizing yeah. for being an idiot in my in my analogy.
6: Yeah, whoever the Saudi, whoever the, I don't know, and I forgive my geopolitical ignorance here, but I don't know the yeah. Who who the current Saudi prince is the, in charge the of the
5: PGA Tour did throw this out earlier today on groupings for the upcoming Canadian Open, the RBC Canadian Open. And the tweet response was, not now, blank. Like, it's not the time to be worried about something that starts on Thursday, but that's usually when they do release the tea times for the next PGA tour. Okay,
3: so I said MSB. It's MBS. Yeah, that's who it is. That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's Mohammed bin Salman, as that's who they're referring to there. To All right. uh, Be clear to those who also don't know what His Excellency meant. But yeah, that's MSB. And you watch enough. Political stuff or just keep up with world news, you know who that is. All
7: right,
5: some of the uh, responses today in the chat room. Um, the NFL Development League is needed but will will never work out subsidation by the NFL. No, the NFL has college football. They don't
3: need that. That's why everybody who asks, like, why doesn't the NFL do that, I think, you know, it all goes back to the same point of – why spend money? <laughs> they don't They don't have to do... They got the greatest minor league in, in the world and they don't spend a dime on it. They let the schools do all that and the fans do all that. They don't have to pay anything other than going and scouting those players at some point in time. And Lord knows they've got the cash to do that, so... Yeah, they've got the greatest minor league ever and they don't have to do anything about it. They can mm-hmm. just let it run on its own and they just collect the talent at the end of the day. So that's that's why I don't think that they bother with it because there's no need to really. And,
6: and then you've got other people that are willing to put up a bunch of money to develop talent maybe for you uh, that's out of college. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get a few players out of the other leagues when when they're convenient for you, but college football is still yeah. going to be... Again, $0 outside of plane tickets why, and
5: hotels. Why spend money on a developmental league when the college football? universities programs and networks are doing that roger said it would be a terrible idea awful for college football for any nfl development deal
3: well the nfl might not be involved but there is an idea out there and whether it's terrible or not we'll talk about <laughs> it in an, an hour an hour
5: from now knowing Craig, some of
3: the details i'm not real confident in it but we'll talk about that later
5: wet blanket on hunter mayhand by the way wet blanket congratulations on victor hovland oklahoma state winning over the weekend then caddying for his friend at the open qualifying I wouldn't be surprised this is from Hunter Mahan if players are looking into options of their own removing the commissioner Jay Monahan or at least very least unionizing
3: well that's what I was referring to earlier when I saw I guess it was one of the full swing guys that was uh, mentioning who they had heard from uh, you know a quote that they had heard about Monahan and the fact that like there's no way he's going to be able to Keep control over the PGA guys. There's absolutely no way They're, they don't. They can't possibly trust him at this stage. I mean, he did the the worst thing he could possibly do, other than like harm your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, right? Like professionally, is I mean, a grave sin. So, um, yeah, I just don't see how that could could work. But you know, as a just a floating figurehead bureaucrat type guy who gets paid and all that, yeah, he'll absolutely have a role for what he just did. There's no doubt about that. I mean, um. But, yeah, I mean, he won't have the same power of the PGA guys, though, I would not think.
5: CW Channel has more room for programming. Yeah. By the, the way, I will say whenever. The,
3: the problem is for the PGA guy, just going back to that, and you're right, I'm not glossing over that, but, you know, that's, that's good news for the Pac-12 or whoever, you know, that needs those spots. But uh, in all seriousness, like, what what is the option, though? What's a PGA guy going to do? He's going to revolt? I don't want MBS or His Excellency or, you know, Jay Moynihan or – uh, Greg Norman or whoever you don't want to work with or be a part of, where are you going to go? I mean, they've got the, the It you, would be
5: ironic if they started their own independent. Indigo tour. and they, like, like, Won't
3: go anywhere. Is it like the, no the Asian tour, uh, the uh, yeah. South American tour? Like, I mean, I don't know how all that works, so I don't know what your options would even be. But and the now fact the DP that they tours connected, I was going to say yeah. they added that, and so like that's even one less league. Uh, but yeah, that's that's going to be how, very interesting.
5: How about those who have been running and paying for live funding? Live, and we got a break. How about uh, we'll have Jason Shear, Arizona Wildcat Authority, uh, with us uh, at four. Tim Brando at five. Craig's off the radar. Also, Mac Roads at four twenty-five. How about those who have been basically told they are absolutely awful human beings, now writing checks to those who called them absolutely awful human beings.
6: Well, I mean, and that's that's the weird thing is now I have to take this money from the awful human being. My opinion may not change just because the guy's all. What's of a worse, writing
5: it? checks for those who have told you you are worse than a, a blank on a piece of dirt, or the one that takes it? Takes well it. if you don't have it. Like
6: you here's no thing: choice. if you don't
3: have a choice, all of a sudden, then right. what can yeah. you do? Yeah. So I mean, it's like they they made the choice to make that choice. They made their choice, and then that choice got screwed up because. Yeah. Other people above them made other choices that weren't, um, you know, very forthcoming and uh, you know and all of that. So yeah, I don't I don't fault the players who because they they made the choice and now they're in a different situation where there's a different set of choices. It's not what it was any longer. And uh, we'll leave it with this because I know we got a break here. But breaking news out of baseball: Jacob Degrom of the Texas Rangers will undergo Tommy John surgery to repair a. Ulnar uh, tear in his ulnar collateral ligament. So he had been marked out for a set amount of time earlier this year. And there were fears about it being Tommy John because of what forearm tightness is yep, one know. of those symptoms. And then he was out for a while. And then they came back. What was it like a day or two ago? Yesterday
5: he was put on the sixty day with the thought yeah. he would come back at the end of the month, but had an MRI yesterday. So
3: when I saw that update, I guess it was yesterday that uh, you know he was going to ex- that was going to be extended, and there's going to be an MRI and all that. That I think everybody was like, uh oh. And then sure enough, here today he's going to have the full blown Tommy John. So they've been able to keep winning. Without him, but like, geez louise, like that's a guy who, if he's healthy, puts you into a whole nother stratosphere, but that's one of the the risks that you take, and uh, sure enough, Jacob DeGrom now out for the year. They're
5: pretty darn good, and they have been without him, but you're a third of the way through the season with a long, long way to go. All right, when we come back, 352, we'll hear from Jason Shearer. His thoughts about what is the latest if, in fact, Arizona was to make a decision, let's just say today or the next two or three weeks, do they have to wait on Colorado? If they do, is there a problem if Arizona State wants to hold it up or what? All that more, Jason Shear next on 365 Sports.
3: Richard Carr, Buick GMC Cadillac. They are the people that you can count on for great customer service, for the life of your car, for great deals, whatever it is that you're looking for. Uh, From the car buying business or the car repair business, they are the people that you can count on, and they've been that way for over 24 years in Central Texas as they celebrate their anniversary right now. And right now they are offering, uh, amongst the new line of cars, the 1500 Sierra Crew Cab, it's an astonishingly advanced vehicle. You can save 3500 at Richard Carr. Well-qualified buyers can also get nine percent financing. No payments for 90 days on most new 2023 GMC Sierra 1500s in stock. Also new, got the ranked number one overall brand in Buick. Uh, that's ranked by... JD Powers. For vehicle quality, Buick offers a luxury SUV without the huge price tag. Get the quiet escape and premium drive of a Buick on a test drive today at Richard Carr, whether that's the Buick Enclave, which right now you can save $3,000 on, or it's uh, any of their other number of vehicles like the Envision uh, and, and others as well. But they also have a lot of full-quality pre-owned cars and trucks if you're not looking to buy brand new. Plenty of uh, vehicles in stock, under $20,000, thoroughly inspected, affordable, ready to finance for almost any credit rating, and ready to drive home today. And if you have the vehicle that you want, you're already in it. You've already bought it, and you just need to get it fixed up a little bit. Their award-winning customer service department is also standing by to help you out in that regard. You can go on the website, richardcar.com, and see their service specials and also set an appointment for quick and reliable. Service. So check out the business. It's been in business for 24 years in Central Texas. Help them celebrate their anniversary and check out why they built a reputation as the people you can count on for your automotive needs. Run by proud Central Texans. Log on to richardcart.com today. Call now or go see them now off Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit. The
9: future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late night pizza run and all nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. One size
5: fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member S I. P.C.
10: There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit marcos.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Belmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's, pizza lovers get it it.
6: Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive, North 19th Street, right behind the bank is a hidden gem in Waco. If you're a fan of bourbon, especially local Texas bourbons, that's where you gotta go. Balcones, TX, Devil's River, whatever it is, they've got it. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, plus the best selection of craft beers in Waco, seasonally churned out throughout the year, whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter, Riverbend Liquor and Wine, best selection of craft beers, a speedy drive through window, and excellent and customer service find out more on instagram or just go by and see them lakeshore drive at north 19th street behind the bank
5: you want to know why stonewood dental is so successful listen to what happy customers have to say
0: it's pleasant it's different than any other dentist's office i really feel like they care And it's not that you're here for two hours waiting on someone to take care of you. It's quick and easy, and you know, I bring my
11: kids, and my kids love being here too. They really love the treasure box.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Staff is really nice and accommodating, real friendly. You feel more like home, it's not sterile looking. Everybody has their own personalized rooms with decorations and decor, and they'll even have a blanket for you when it's cold. I've recommended people to actually come here and they are patients now I really love it here it feels like family
5: learn more stonewood-dental.com
1: This is 365 Sports. Are you a Sikkim 365 superfan? Then try out our premium subscriptions at
5: Sikkim365.com. Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, covers Arizona, covers the Pac-12. We've had Jason on a a lot, really, since about a year ago when USC, UCLA, and also the Big Ten story pops. So Jason really... Uh, The timeline just moves on. The calendar keeps on flipping days. Uh, Your thoughts, do you think Colorado's going to pull the trigger?
2: It it definitely looks like that. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of smoke, and I know there's been smoke or hints in the past, but this feels real because the guys that usually aren't talking about it as a possibility have started to talk about it a little bit more. I think Rick George, the AD, when he said a few weeks ago, that Colorado's going to do what's best for Colorado with kind of the hand, but it, it definitely feels like it's headed in that direction.
6: Yeah, that sounded like, oh, no, we're pretty we're happy with our head coach and all that before they have to, to fire him. We had Brian Howell from the Bowler Daily Camera on last week, Jason, and he said that, you know, Craig asked him a question, said, so this is – they're going to wait for the TV deal before they make the decision. And even he, who has been on the other side of the fence, said now I don't really know if that's the case if – if there comes a, a time in the next few weeks where they've just decided they're sick of waiting, that they might jump anyway, do you get that sense from Arizona as well, that they might be in the sick of waiting and not, not look at, uh, like not even worry about what the deal is at this point?
2: Well, I, it, the biggest issue with Arizona, really been relate to me, is they'd love to wait and see what the deal is, but there's no indication the deal is coming. Like, it, it's really you're kind of waiting until – the last minute you think, okay, like, if there's a deal, you know, end of June, we'll wait. We'll wait to the end of June if there's a deal. And if not, you know, now we're going to start kind of it really – it's got to be taken very seriously. And, and I think everybody in the Pac-12 would love to see what the final offer looks like or a legitimate offer looks like. The problem is no one's really confident that it's coming. And so I think the Colorados and Arizonas of the world are saying, look, we'll wait. Like, you know, we have no problem waiting to see what the offer is, and you got a few weeks or three weeks or whatever it may be, but that offer eventually has to come. Like, we're not just going to sit here and wait for an imaginary offer to come when we're not confident that it's coming.
3: So, Jason, I mean, besides that kind of remaining the case of, of, hey, let's let's sort of see and let's be patient all that, how would you – classify Arizona, their interest levels, and just sort of where they sit right now? Is it all that different from maybe where it even was a month ago, two months ago? Has much changed there?
2: You know, I really – I don't think uh, a lot's really changed. I mean, Arizona doesn't want to be the first from from what I've heard. It, it's kind of – you know, the, the, the Arizona, ASU, Utah's. you know, they're all looking kind of towards Colorado. And I'm not saying they're all going to go, but I, I, I think at this point it's pretty clear that Colorado – it would be the first team to leave if someone leaves. And I think once that happens, Arizona would be second and right behind Colorado. But, you know, it's really a matter of, okay, who's, who's going to be the first? And, and if Colorado's the first, that makes it a lot easier for Arizona. And, and Arizona's been patient throughout the whole process. I mean, they basically have said, look, we'll wait. You know, we, we know that we are able to join the, the Big 12. There's no real. You know, your mark hasn't said, hey, you have to join by this date. Um, Maybe that comes eventually. I don't know. But uh, Arizona's been patient and they're waiting. And when it becomes super obvious that the Pac-12 just isn't going to have the deal that maybe they've relayed to conference members, I I think that Colorado probably goes and and, and Arizona would follow pretty closely in in that case.
5: Jason, I saw you respond. I don't know whose tweet it was, but somebody that mentioned Arizona State holding up anything that Arizona would do. Can you try to explain the politics involved there?
2: yeah so you know I, I there's a board of regents in arizona and i i think that people are confusing it kind of with the board of regents and the board that you know put ucla kind of in, and try to get money from them and all that it's different it, it's not the same in the sense where they just don't have that legislative power right and, and so you know they they could kind of maybe verbally you know say hey we wish that you would stay together but they're not going to do anything to stop them. And, and I think the, the, the difference also here is that, you know, UCLA had a, an offer to the Big Ten. Cal, Cal didn't, right? And Arizona and ASU could go to the Big 12. But if ASU voluntarily says, no, we don't want to, how could you punish Arizona for that? Like, you can't say, well, then Arizona can't go either, and, and vice versa. So their decisions are, I think, more independent of each other than, than people realize. And I think if Arizona wanted to go to the Big 12, there's there's really, from what I've been told, nothing that the Board of Regents could do. And if ASU wanted to go to the Big 12 and Arizona State, it, it'd be the same thing.
6: Jason, I think people with that, I mean, they look back to when the Big 12 was formed and how um, Texas and Texas A&M had to go together and how Baylor and, and Tech got into the league. But if you just look at Texas and Texas A&M since that point, there's been nobody standing in their way in this state and Cal was, you know, just kicking up some dust. So I think that maybe the, even the national attitude towards, you know, keeping all these teams together just is gone.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, at the end of the day, it's, it's these schools have to do what's best for themselves. And, and we thought, you know, U, USC and UCLA, they left. And there's a big, you know, at, at least with UCLA's case, you know, USC's a private school, but UCLA I mean, there's a big UC system. Like, there's there's multiple schools that work with each other and all that, and UCLA basically says screw it and left. And there's nothing that these boards can do. I mean, they're just they they're not in control of funding and all that. They can verbally reprimand you. They can do old hearings and all that. But at the end of the day, there's nothing they can actually do to stop these schools from making those decisions.
5: Jason, our, our – uh... Just those within the conference, I know they need to wait and they have to figure something out, whatever might happen. Is, is it just annoying at this point? Is it just – come on, man. I mean, even those who are the most ardent that everything sticks together.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's, it's dragging out by by now. Like, even the people that are like, look, it, the conference is going to stick together and all that. Well, it's like, when. And then yesterday there were rumors like, oh, maybe there's something with the apple and all that, even though there was never going to be. And it's like, oh, nothing's there. And now you see, it's just that every day, you know, it's I, I find the people that say the conference is going to break up, and and I know people get annoyed by that, but I think it's just as annoying in the opposite view also. Like, there's no indication that a magical deal is going to come. There's just none. And if there, if it does happen, you know, props to to George Klukov because. He did it very secretly. But there's just no indication that there's a major network that's going to come and save the Pac-12 for more money than everyone thinks. And it's kind of just it's dragging and dragging. And um, I love it. It's good for business and all that. But it's kind of at the point where it's like let's either sign a deal or kind of break up the conference. Jason, if
6: Colorado and Arizona, like two teams, leave, uh, do you think that there will be a Pac-12 long-term Or do you think that that even if they decide to sit together for five years, that's just the first two of of like a a rainstorm coming later on?
2: Yeah, I I think all that's going to happen is, let's say, even if if the Pac-12 loses Arizona and Colorado, they'll replace it with, say, San Diego State and SMU. And, you know, if Oregon and Washington left, they would just replace those. And they wouldn't come close to the value. But I don't think the Pac-12 is just going to disappear. I just think he would become a a lesser conference. And, you know, and and the the reality is, even if they sign a deal, uh, we're doing this whole thing again in four or five years. And and that's when the real movement would probably happen. And, you know, it's just a matter of what that movement's going to look like. But I think the Pac-12 will exist. I just think it might look a little bit more like like the Mountain West than it is the Pac-12 that we know it.
5: Do you think Colorado makes a move in the next, let's say, week or
2: less? Uh, no, I think it'll be longer than that. I, I, I think this thing probably to, – to me, the date to watch out for is around June 30th because that's when San Diego State um, has to give notice. If they don't give notice or whatever it may be, they have to basically wait until 2025, which is fine. But now you've kicked out realignment an extra year, um, the fiscal year, all that. I, I think the end of the month, the next two, two three weeks is really – you know, if there's not a move by the end of June, uh, I'd be kind of surprised. But, I mean, I, I feel like I've been saying that for a while.
5: Yeah, we, st- I think, maybe started that back in July a year ago. Jason, with the basketball possibilities, and there was a report today that maybe not everybody in the Big 12 was on board with UConn or even whatever basketball, Gonzaga's been brought up. But it's all about the football dollars and Benjamins. But with if, in fact, the Big 12 was to also add Gonzaga – and UConn would that even be on the radar of Arizona
2: yeah I mean it's 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 interesting because you know from a basketball standpoint it it's awesome but at the end of the day the financial impact of adding those schools basketball wise isn't going to be like you know Arizona isn't going to say oh crap we have to go now like it it, it's just it's It kinda surprises me actually that there would be basketball only additions, Mm -hmm. not from your mark's perspective, but from the other school's perspective, is you know, how can your mark sell that there's gonna be enough money in the conference to add these schools basketball wise without the other ones losing money? And now are you adding Arizona and Colorado to that mix? So it actually it it kinda surprises me a little bit in that regard. I, I wouldn't be surprised if your mark waits and see you know, if Colorado and Arizona don't come and they stay in whatever the, the Pac-12 is, then do you go to Gonzaga and Yukon? It would just kind of surprise me if those were the first steps because I don't think that has a monumental impact on, on Arizona and Colorado and them saying all of a sudden, we have to go now. Of Gonzaga and Hugh Connor in the conference.
5: Jason, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. As always, 247 Sports, Wildcat Authority covers Arizona. Just checking in with Jason. It's been a, a little bit of time. We appreciate his time.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's been fun to talk about and all that. I really do wish there was like a date, though, where we could all just agree, like, all right, if nothing happens by then, can we all just like move on yeah. for a little while? I really would like that because I think all that this, and this is not directed at Jason, to be very clear, but for those who kind of like do just love churning, you know, the mm-hmm. the 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 chum and, you know, reeling people in and all that, it's never ending. It never stops. You know no. what I'm saying? No, so it's I, like yeah. uh we're gonna be sitting here in August first and it's like, well, if by the end of September it does, and then guess what? The end of September comes if by twenty twenty four and then like it just never no. And the next thing you know, you look up and it's like two and a half years and nothing's happened. It's like, what were we doing this entire time? And I'm kind of starting to feel like that, not because of what he said, but just like, yeah, there. I know for me, it's always going to be a topic of interest. I am very much here in about a month going to start focusing on solely the, on, on the, the year, season. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I mean, if there's expansion stuff to talk about, realignment to talk about that is stuff that's can grab onto and chew on then yeah by all means but as far as like a lot of the speculation stuff it's fun but you know how long can you keep saying well not yet but soon and then not yet but and so that's why i'm glad that it kind of does feel like something sort of has to give and not just like we said it in march of like, well, ultimately something has to give, or in April, well, ultimately something has Like, no, oh. really, something ultimately has to give, and hopefully that's coming pretty soon so we can all just kind of know the deal and move on accordingly and then revisit this when we need hey, to. Hey, by
5: the way, a week from today is what?
3: Um, well, a week from today, uh, I, I've got
6: eight days to get married. So a week from today would be the last day that I'm technically— So eight,
5: a week from tomorrow, you get married? Yes, so a week from tomorrow, if in fact what time Hawaiian time? Uh nine
6: o'clock. So about the time we're on the air.
5: All right. So just be ready. Oh that I, if next Thursday or Wednesday something pops, I don't listen, there are priorities. Got yeah, is bigger than the man. Sure. Go, listen,
6: God and his son Jesus Christ will do this to me to test me. They will absolutely do it. And I can just see myself getting ready in the morning hearing uh, Tommy Bahama, Tommy Bahama shirt uh, and like having my phone next to me and it vibrates. I'm like, Oh, this must be a man reminding me about like, don't forget the so-and-so. And And then I look and it's like Colorado, Arizona
4: to the FSU to the SEC. Yeah. All these
6: things are going to happen. And then I'm going to have to just sit there and be like, you know, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get married. And then not, and just ignore all you guys for that whole time. It's going to be, very tough if that happens. So I really hope that maybe like June 30th is a great day because I'll be back here working then. So yeah. that's a great day. And Wait I man. think
3: with media days coming up too, like, yeah. you know, if you, Pac-12 media days, I mean, that's, if you don't have this all situated by then, I think that's going to be hard to really focus on the tap. Maybe not. I mean, for the people involved because they're probably not as much of the crowd that's really like eyeing it that way because they want it to stay together as much as possible. <laughs> um, and it's in their best interest for well, that. I think George Klyovkov
6: wants to have it done because he's been able to successfully hide from everybody in Pac-12 but media days. I don't know
3: how feasible well, that is, though, either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd like to, but how feasible is hey, that? Hey,
5: what day did you say you're back on
6: the air? I mean, I'll be back. If it happened, like June 30th would be a great day. I'll be back on the 27th on the air. But I thought
5: you were flying back overnight on the 25th.
6: Well, yeah. And I'm coming on the
5: air... The twenty-six. No, I'm coming on the twenty-seventh. No, I'm I... going to go back to an old text message. You no. are trying twi- to extend this longer than Levi's three weeks that he's taking <laughs> off yeah. as a college student. Le- yeah,
6: Levi. Hey, Levi's going to Europe without his girlfriend. That's going to be
5: that's gonna be, well, watch going to be Levi's going to Europe without his ex-girlfriend.
3: <laughs> hey, Levi, watch Euro trip before you go. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Garrett, one more note, and we break. Come back with Mac Rhodes. This is some um, from our friend James crepia. He covers Oregon, the Oregonian. Even consolidation and realignment in golf came before a Pac-12 media deal.
3: <laughs> just, I mean, hey, th- he's, he's one of their own. He can say it, and, you know, I mean, that, that tells you, you know, all. It's it's a little bit more powerful when it's coming from somebody inside the walls there. But, yeah, I mean, look, I have I think, to be very clear, we all love it and have fun with it and all that, but there does come a point where you're like, there's only so many, like, just weights. Yeah, You know, and and I feel like we've just waited about 98 times and I'm about got room for about a hundred of them. And so if by the end of this month or, you know, media day rolls around and we're just waiting still, um, that's gonna be a tough pill to swallow, so hopefully something's resolved by then.
5: I am sick of it to be honest with I, you.
6: Look, I don't have any feelings, by the way, about George Kleopka. I don't know anything about yeah, him. Me I don't neither. know. But I do I will say this just as someone who had to watch Paul, poor Bob Bowlesby go through it, a guy who I have a lot of respect for and um you know, was Okay at his job but not but not great. Uh I I felt genuinely terrible for him that a week after he walked around to every radio, TV station, newspaper, website and all that you know, telling feel, mm-hmm. telling everybody how confident he felt about the conference and how great and bright the future was and, you know, that in a couple of years you're going to be be able to do this media deal and that, you know, there's money there and everything's great and then your two biggest brands left you without you even knowing about it. I would not want George Klyovkov to have to deal with that in the same way that, that Bob Bolsby did.
3: No, I agree. No, I, 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 I mean, it doesn't bother me if he does or not. I mean, I got, you know, I mean, it's is,
6: just as human compassion. I no, you know, I understand.
3: Like, I understand, but, you know. Uh, that's that's totally understandable from that point of view but yeah i mean it wasn't just his fault um it's it's a weird situation that they're in that is has certainly grown by leaps and bounds the longer it's gone on and mm-hmm. and so i can only imagine you know from from my, just me stating what i just stated a second ago of like yeah i'm just kind of tired of all the uncertainty and the kick in the can and it would just be it would just be nice to know like what we're what we're expecting i feel that way and i'm totally fine if that doesn't happen like a due date Yeah, Yeah. it's totally fine if it passes or whatever. And, you know, we keep moving on and we'll talk about it as, as need be. But I can't imagine what it must be like for, you know, the people involved directly in the, in the entire 12, conference who yep. have to deal with that just all the you time. You wonder
5: if there's a time eventually the Big 12 just says, listen, we appreciate it. This would have been a great, but we're just going to have – we can't
3: do this. See, that's where I wonder with your mark and playing with the media and stuff like that, you know, throwing all these different things out there. Like, I don't think he's just randomly throwing stuff out there, but it's like, all right, so if, I, if I'm somebody who was, like, gone at, you know on a summer trip and I came back, let me get this straight. So they're adding – like four Pac twelve schools and Yukon and Gonzaga and they're <laughs> like well, you'll know what is the you, end goal yeah. here? Yeah, well Mac and, Rhodes takes a vacation,
5: something will happen.
3: Well, and I and I know we gotta get to him, but yep. one of the things that I asked when you were gone was like, Okay, so let's just say in theory those things are in play. Like at what point are you not a conference anymore? You're a league. You're a league. I mean, because if you're to add everybody that's rumored to be added, then you're a twenty team league all of a sudden with like basketball specialties as well and, and so yeah, that's that's part of the clarity side of things. The Big Twelve, you know, I think side also wants to know as well. And you it, wonder if the, about
5: it. Will CW now need more programming because of uh, losing live if they don't have them anymore? Who knows? They're gonna
3: have them. I just saw that. Oh, okay. it's continuing as business Moses. as usual.
5: Big Twelve expansion is coming. Just wait. Pac twelve TV deal is coming. Just wait. <laughs> when we come back, uh, Mac Rhodes, Baylor's director of athletics, is next. Just wait. This is three sixty five sports. Waco Custom Marketplace had a back and forth today with Brian Bauer, the owner of Waco Custom Marketplace at 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. They have three selections, different prices. Select choice in Prime New York strip for the rest of the week through Saturday, from 825 to 1175 to 1650 a pound. Bone in pork butt. Uh, $1.85 a pound. Boneless pork butt, $1.99 a pound. And then also the raw, the raw coil sausage, 2 a pound. And mahi-mahi, I had blackened mahi-mahi yesterday evening, or no, it was Sunday evening for dinner, and I don't eat seafood other than shrimp and lobster. It was good for $12.99 a pound. It's Waco Custom Marketplace, full-service butcher shop and bakery, the Bauer family, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco.
8: Automatic
1: Chef Canteen is a full-service micromarket vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micromarket vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full breakroom solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, $6,900. Imperial Drive in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com
5: Don Humidor, you're home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year, Aging Room, Cuatro Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Artur Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, Vita dreams, and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff, very knowledgeable on the subject. If anyone is curious about CBD, ask Carolyn Ashley, Don Schumanor in the Townwood Shopping Center off Valley Mills in Waco.
6: One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses. But when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
5: three nations brewing company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every friday it also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms a large indoor beer hall a second floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade plus you can now experience the new three nations beer garden grill on our shaded patio grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu street tacos quesadillas freshly cooked burgers and dogs and veggie burgers too nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35
3: in Carrollton. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel & Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel & Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can also help you find a metal building contractor for your project. Pioneer Steel & Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. Boozer's is
5: the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozer's is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie K. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers, the
7: wedding ring store.
4: Welcome back to 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Our weekly segment with Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, is brought to you by Edward Jones Investment Brokers, Ben Erlinson, Brad Wilson, Cam Heathcott, and Chuck Verno. Edward Jones making sense of investing. Mac Rhodes with us with Paul
5: Catalina, Craig Smoke, and David Smoke on 365 Sports. Garrett Ross running. The mothership. Mac, thank you very much for your time. How would you describe on a scale of 1 to 10 productivity last week in West Virginia?
11: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think productivity meaning, you know, a lot of things um, that we needed to discuss and um, have have some extensive conversation about. So, yeah, I would, I would say 9 or 10. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say 10, but but probably a nine, you know, there's a a lot of things happening. And, um, we, uh, we had some really good conversations, the, the athletic directors by, by ourselves, the athletic directors with the president's chancellors, you know, we had the, uh, SWAs there, um, faculty athletic representatives were there. Uh, we had a guest appearance by Charlie Baker. So all in all, the, the two and a half, three days was uh, uh, they were they were very productive.
6: Mac, um, obviously, there's uh, a lot of talk about expansion and all this. Does Brett your mark do things on go and find things out and then bring them to ads and presidents, and then you guys work on other things? And then he says, "Okay, here's what's going on. Um, whether it's a realignment possibility or a TV possibility or or, or whatever."
11: Yeah, so, you know, one one thing I would I would say about, you know, um Fred is he's he's really transparent and so, you know, he certainly, you know, has a lot of conversations um, with uh with a, you know, a number of people and or, you know, organizations uh etc. and um, you know, he always brings those things back um, you know, whether whether it's, you know, different, different initiatives, uh, uh, et cetera. And um, so I think, you know, we're all really, really grateful. Now we, we need to be, you know, just quite frankly, we need to be responsible on, uh, on how we, we handle that information. And, uh, you know, I think there has been a time or two where uh, we've, we've had somebody in those meetings, in those rooms. Um, go and share those with with the media, and those 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 times haven't really been helpful for us, the the Big 12, and so. But uh, I appreciate his transparency and um, and his wanting to to discuss and include um, certainly the the athletic directors, and uh, you know, Brett. Again, one of his greatest strengths, he certainly learning uh, and has learned uh, a bunch, you know, but, you know, he continues to learn and he doesn't, again, pretend to know what what he what he doesn't know. And he wants, you know, those that are sitting in the chair that are on campuses each and every day, he, he wants to afford, you know, all of us the ability to weigh in.
5: Barry Trammell, who we had on last week from the Oklahoman, who has discussed Colorado and whatever options are there, we've discussed it, as you know. We've asked you about the possibility of expanding in football. But there was always the, the Gonzaga possibility. And then UConn has popped up as well. I've asked you about whether basketball only was an interest, but he is reporting that there are there is resistance within the conference in adding basketball only to the Big 12. Can you share any of that insight from you being in those meetings?
11: Yeah, again, I'm I'm going to be careful, right? But I would say that um, using the word, you know, resisting or there's a resistance to, uh, I I would say that that is probably stepping over the line. That that isn't isn't accurate. Um, we did we didn't come out of the meetings with, you know, uh, any definitive decisions of including. Uh, excluding, you know, any one particular, you know, uh, institution, uh, you know, as, as the whole world knows, we, we did have a conversation, but, um, I would say that there was, you know, robust discussion about, you know, um, a lot of different institutions. And I certainly didn't walk away feeling like um, we had made any decision about, um, again, excluding um, anyone. And so, um, yeah, I, I would say that, that's that's, uh, and I'm not saying Barry Trammell but, uh, misreported this at all because I've got great respect for him, but uh, I would, I would say whatever he was he was told is uh, a bit of a, a misrepresentation.
5: Mac, uh, USC has a co- an AD search. Mike Bond is out. They had contacted you, I believe, three, four years ago. Perhaps it was 2019. Um, I'm remiss because I didn't ask you about this a couple of weeks ago when we had you on, but I don't see anything that's smoke out there. But you would know, I mean, USC... <laughs> is one hell of a university that's moving into the big 10. Yeah. And, um,
11: you know, so is Baylor university. And, uh, anytime my, my name comes up, um, it's just, uh, just a, simply a, a reflection of, you know, the great work, uh, that's been done here by, you know, uh, a collection of, of really, really talented people. Um, you know, staff, coaches, um, all of them. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hope that, um, you know, um, my name will continue to, to to come up when there's, and there's openings because that, that's just a sign of, of, uh, of the, the, again, terrific things that, that, uh, we're doing here at Baylor. And, um, you know, we, we still have, uh, we, we haven't hit our peak here at Baylor and I continue to say our best days, you know, uh, lie, lie ahead and, uh, are ahead of us. And so, you know, that's, that's where my focus is, uh, today.
5: Uh, Are you going to be in charge of when there are things still to be done at (laughs) Baylor?
11: Uh, I mean, I, I hope to be, and, and, uh, you know, I, I really you know be candid. Uh, I have no idea where that where that process is with with USC. It's um, as you mentioned, a great institution. It's got um, you know a great brand, but but uh, I have I have no idea where that where that process is today.
5: When that happens, there's an opening, and whether your name is thrown out there as speculation or not, does the school, the president. Whoever is on the search committee, you're a part of that when you guys are looking for people. Do you contact the agent of that person or do you contact the person?
12: Uh,
11: yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, it's a good question. I think it, it varies. I think people do it differently. Um, you know, I, uh, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that you're asking this question, but, you know, uh, I don't know that, you know, it's it's probably a little bit different than if you were a head football coach or men's basketball, women's basketball, um, you know, not every athletic director has an agent. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have one that represents me, um, not, not certainly full time. I, I use somebody when, when we, you know, begin to work on contract, etc. Um, you know, um, but I, I don't ask that person to negotiate it on my behalf. I never have. I've always been the one to negotiate it. And I don't know if that's necessarily the, the smart thing to do, but that's the way I've always handled it. So people handle it different ways.
5: Have they officially contacted you? No, Mac Rose, Baylor Director of Athletics, with us on 365 Sports. I had somebody want me to ask you about the the uh, scheduling. I know that there's a lot on the plate. 2025 seems like it's 10 years from now. Who knows what's going to happen? But you have Auburn, which is great in 25 and 26. But there are no other non-conference games. Is that something you already have? You just haven't released it, or you're working on?
11: Yeah, I think that something we're always we're always working on and you know we always want to play and you know i think we hit a little bit of the pause button just to kind of see where we're going to land you know with the tv contract and and what you know the 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 tv contract dictated in terms of you know the number of conference games we have to play and would that change meaning you know does that go from nine to eight does it stay at nine? Does it go from nine to 10, et cetera? And so, you know, I I think, you know, for now, you know, uh, it's reasonable to say that that we're going to be at at nine conference games. And so that provides some clarity. Uh, We certainly have, you know, um, uh, another home and home uh, on the schedule with a, with a power five that that you didn't, you didn't mention. And, And so, Feel good about that, and we'll continue to, to to look and explore, and you know make sure that um, you know we have that that home and home with uh, with an attractive Power Five every year. Obviously, we have Utah um, coming into the, the stadium into McLean, you know this this season, and then we'll follow up going to going to their place. Um, man, I wish Utah maybe wasn't wasn't as good as they are,
7: but
11: uh, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna come in and, and that's gonna be a, a, a big, big time early test for, for us. So but uh yeah we're always gonna always gonna look to you know have that that really um you know uh high profile power five and um so gotta be good for the football program. We certainly do think about, you know, hey what a, what a great trip for our fans. And so when we get to, to go out to uh, Salt Lake City, you know, in, uh, in the 24th season, that's going to be a great trip for our, for our fans.
6: Mac is. Uh, I, I remember talking about this with you a couple of years ago about scheduling after COVID, where you guys are making calls in like a week and saying, "Can you get here now?" With knowing that it's maybe a little easier that everybody made it, and that everybody's schedules are going to be changing in the twelve-team playoff, and that, do you expect to have to do deals a decade out anymore when it comes to non-conference games?
11: Paul, uh, so I think that's a really. I mean, that's a really good good question, and I I think that it's still part of our DNA, uh, for whatever reason. And, uh, I, I haven't seen it change much. And so I still think, you know, we're, we're in the habit of the practice of, you know, scheduling, you know, long-term, um, you know, the, the, the conversation, you know, the, that we're in the midst of, of, you know, conference expansion and it's certainly not just the Big 12. It's, it's all of the, all of the conferences, you know, that, that hasn't, that hasn't been a deterrent from, from scheduling out, you know, years in advance. And so, um, we're going to continue to, to probably go down, go down that, that pathway unless something, you know, there's some type of market change that dictates otherwise.
5: Mac, when there are Power 5 conferences, autonomy five, including the Big 12, the SEC has spent, like, a lot of time trying to figure out if they should go from eight conference games to nine. Do you feel like, with the expansion of the college football playoff around the corner, that each Power 5 conference should play the same number of conference games?
13: Yeah,
11: you know, and and I don't know, like, statistically, I haven't dug, dug deep in what does that look like, right? But you know, if if you were going to, you know, uh have a you know playoff and, and talk about, hey, you know, this is the, the, the most fair, this is really, you know, uh about about crowning a a a true champion, you know, everything leading up to it, you would like it to be be consistent and so i i think it you know starts with you know certainly the the number of conference games and you know everybody everybody's playing that that same amount and then hey you know non-conference and you can you can play uh an fbs but but only one right and then everybody has got to play a uh, uh another a5 non-conference opponent you would you would like to be or, or see that consistency through throughout. Um, because, you know, there's so many different nuances in terms of, you know, how, how you can schedule and how you can put your, yourself in, in best position now to get, you know, uh, or to be one of the, one of the top 12. So, um, I don't know if that will happen, uh, here in the future. Um, I think, you know, again, without seeing anything statistically, like right now, I would certainly vote in favor of, of trying to have that consistency.
5: So Auburn 25-26, Oregon 27-28, those are set in stone, and then yeah. you just kind of fill in the blanks, or am I missing somebody?
11: No, you, okay. you've got it, and, uh, and we're working on, on some some others.
5: Would you do me a favor and take a vacation so something will finally happen in college football? <laughs>
11: That's, that's probably
6: why why I won't. So, or if I do, it's not going to be in New Mexico. Sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to like you have to go east now to make sure. Yeah, like around. every time you go west, something happens.
12: Yeah,
11: I uh, I hope I uh, I need to go and continue to go up because somebody said that like next week it's going to start to, to be a hundred, a hundred and three year and so, um, at some point in time, I'm I'm going to get into some higher elevation.
5: Hey, man, Mac, thank you very much. We appreciate your time and also the uh, insight on last week, what's going on right now, and also any speculation about USC. We appreciate it. Have a great day. All
3: right, thank, thank you. you. Bud. Yep,
5: Mac Rhodes, Baylor Director of Athletics on 365 Sports.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting to hear him address the USC stuff, um, which you know, for those not paying close attention. Uh, There hasn't been anything really to report there, just that, um, you know, that job is now open. Uh, So school that came after him just, what, a couple years ago? Um,
5: 2019, I think. Okay,
3: so, yeah, uh, a little longer than that now in in the rear view. But the last time around, when they were hiring somebody, he was a heavy candidate. And then as soon as this job opened up again, he was one of the first names that you saw. And then he wasn't on some of these lists, but – there was a tweet from Bruce Feldman, and, and it just really goes to show you sometimes of like, man, what we see on the surface is not always what it appears to be. And we never really learned that lesson, I don't think, because we're just all very gullible when we see it, we just trust each other and you know, just go with it. But, you know, I saw somebody uh, make mention of like, well, Mac Rhodes isn't a candidate at USC because he's not on the the list that Bruce Feldman and Nicole Auerbach put out on the athletic, which is like however many people that was, I don't know if it was like 10 people or, or whatever it may have been, and so it's like, yeah, you know what, that is notable because if he was, then certainly those two would know, right? And so I could kind of jive with that, but then I went looking around, and I see Bruce Feldman's got a tweet, and it's not public like, you know, he had posted just a normal one or, you know, uh, is putting his article out there, and it's somebody asking him like, well, hey, what about Mac Rhodes at Baylor? He's, he should be the, he's the guy. He's He should be the guy. And Bruce says the only reason he didn't include him, he's a great athletic director, but he just didn't think, think that he would consider it because the last time around he chose to stay at Baylor. And while Bruce's logic is sound, that's not necessarily the case at this stage, you know? So, you know, sometimes it's not ex- like just because he wasn't on that list, that didn't mean that well, there was like... Well, changed at USC since that time. Well, yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. so, yeah, yeah, that too, yeah, that too, especially, All yeah. Right. That's not it's not the same folks four years later that are doing it. So, yeah, sometimes when you see a list like that, it's like even from the top, you know, who you consider level in the industry, um, you know, there's there's things like that that come into play. So,
5: I I dug around. Uh, I felt really stupid a couple of weeks ago. We had Mac on. It was a little bit later in the week, I think. It was so a imagine
3: week. how I felt when I asked him after the fact of like, yeah, did you hear about Mac in and USC? Yeah, and you're okay. like, what? Like we had
5: just, and that was my. I, I try to jot things down. I didn't. Uh, my attention is horrible, and so we did. And back in 2019, USC, I don't think at the time was prepared to pay an AD the money that maybe they will have to pay somebody now with the move into the Big Ten. Secondly, uh, I had somebody who I have tremendous respect for digging around about Mac, and obviously Baylor will do whatever they can if in fact it ever gets to that point, but he's tied up. Remember, he signed a like basically an all but a lifetime contract, but we've seen others who have done that. And they Those said
3: nothing in college
5: sports. USC athletics is an absolute mess. And, Paul, what was your text to me and, and Craig? Well,
6: that's where Matt kind of thrives. I mean, he stepped into He's a – He's a
5: crisis management type yeah, of guy. He, Chaos is he, something he, he can do. He was at
6: Missouri um, during their – I mean, he was only there for a year, but that was a, a very tumultuous time at Mizzou when he was there. Uh, and then he he kind of jumped out of the frying pan. It, like people say into the fire, he was just jumping frying pan to frying pan when he came to Baylor. But, you know, look, he, he saw that – in USC's athletic department is a little bit, yeah. It's in, there's there's some stuff going on there, but it's you know they've got they've got the arrow pointed up when it comes to money coming in. Football is relevant again, and all these good things. You know, basketball's got LeBron James kid. So there's all these good things that are happening in the athletic department. But yeah, I mean, my, Mac is a crisis manager, so he's one that if I'm having a problem and I have not had a good AD in a very long time. And they went
5: through the former heroes, didn't they? Mike Garrett, Pat Hayden, Hayden. And, and others, yeah. Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan, yeah.
6: So, yeah, they were they were doing that. And then they said, okay, we're going to get an actual AD. And they went and hired Mike Bone on the recommendation of Chuck Ninus, who was very close to Mike Bone. And what we found about Mike Bone
5: is that um, he's, he's yeah. also a relative of, of Chuck, who we have a great respect for. Yeah, yeah. but
6: he, you know, this is a t- – Chuck's an older guy, too. Uh And there was a time where you could – run an office, and it was a time just about five years ago where you could run an office like Mike Bone and nothing could happen to you. That time is over, and, you know, um, you might be able to get away for a while, but a toxic workplace culture will get you fired now.
3: Yeah, no, it, it will, and, yeah, I mean, you're right about him, you know, having a, an ability to come into a place that's in, in some disrepair and being able to, you know, do some some magic work, and he—I mean, he's certainly done that at, at Baylor. Uh, but I, I was sitting there having a thought of, I mean, thank God they're going to the Big Ten, USC that is. Can you imagine if they were in the pack with all the other stuff swirling and here's a Big 12 athletic director mm-hmm. who's debating on whether to go to a Pac-12 school in the midst of all this TV conversation? That would have just been another layer that I'm glad that we don't thankfully have to, to consider. But, I mean, let me ask you guys, and by the way, I mean, you, you think back to how Like Baylor was in a bad way when he arrived. It was a. It was who would take this job, and then you're like, "Here's Missouri, hold my beer," you know, like because they were going through so much stuff too. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that can come in and, you know, uh, do do a wonderful job. I just don't know enough about the USC situation right now outside of like it's more desirable than it was four years ago, based on what is set up for the future as far as the Big Ten money and that security and all that. But how did y'all take his answer?
5: Uh, I, I took it as if uh, he probably expects to be contacted, if not by a third party. Uh, he will weigh the situation. But I, I feel like his main core was that he wants to be here because he feels like Baylor has unsettled business. But also, Mack is someone that mentioned God as a, being brought to Baylor during what was a hellacious time. And so he will really, he will lean on that. Yeah. it wasn't i'm not interested but he hasn't it, it there might have been contact but it as it's not from what would be the official parties which doesn't mean that he has not been contacted
3: yeah i would say i'm just sort of uh i guess in wait and see mode as far as i mean you know, I don't know what their interest level is. Like, I don't know if they, you know, are they? Is he? Is he number ten on the list, or no, is he like number two? I, I
5: would think that he. I would think that they would be foolish,
3: right? No, to I, not contact. Him. I agree. Yeah. So just not knowing that, however, it's it's hard yeah. to really get a good gauge on if it's if you don't want to make too much of it and make it a story when it's not really yeah. a story. But it was worth addressing this one time because his name was brought up early on, and uh, and all that.
5: One of the other things, Craig, is that. Remember when the story with USC happened, and then I didn't ask him, it was Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So you had the delay of that kind of extending whatever might have happened, and he's at Big 12 media AD meetings, and so that might have also kicked the can. I hate to use that with the Pac-12 as far as USC, but maybe that pushed the timeline down the road just a little bit. Yep. Uh, One note from Paul Bloss. Craig's about to do off the radar. There's a hell of a story about a possible league again in the spring is just unique. Uh, Paul Bloss, guys, PGA Tour will control all the boards. They will control the CEO and the COO and get $2 billion as an investment, which sounds like a settlement to drop all of the lawsuits. And to me, that sounds like perhaps they won. That remains to be seen. But, Paul, we do appreciate the input from you like we've had from others in the chat room. This is 365 Sports. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive, North
6: Nineteenth Street in Waco, a hidden gem. Um, you know, I need to go by there. You know, maybe this week just to to get something to you know enjoy. Maybe I'll come. Though I have it when I come back after the wedding and enjoy a, a nice a nice drink when I I land and have to relax for a day before I come back to work because it's a it's a very long flight in the middle of the night. Uh, but they are fantastic when you. Talk about local Texas craft bourbons—they're the place to go. They've always got whatever the newest, you know, flavors or brands or whatever it is—they've got those there. They've got great craft beers, and it is summertime. That means there are some great summer craft brews at Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, behind the bank. They've got a speedy drive-through window, excellent customer service. They're available on DoorDash in case you can't make it to Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, and just fantastic all the way around. Riverbend Liquor and Wine—check them out on. Instagram.
1: It's the season at Allen Samuels in Waco to find the vehicle that's right for you. Get amazing deals on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler sedans, and minivans or a sporty Dodge. At Allen Samuels, we're committed to taking care of our customers, and that means having as much new inventory on hand for you to choose from. Of course, if we don't have exactly what you want in stock, we can help you build the custom car, truck, SUV, or van of your dreams. And order it today. Shop DCJ.com or come in to see us today at Allen Samuels in Waco.
5: Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone and ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday. A full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or wacocustommarketplace.com.
9: The future's bright The time is now College is what you make it It's a late night pizza run And all-nighters coding a new project It's having big dreams And making them a reality It's a professor who knows your name And your story It's preparation for your future Your calling, your life And at Baylor, it's even more Baylor, where lights shine bright
8: It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
5: Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543.
1: This is Craig Smokes Off the Radar, presented by Alliance Bank. They take pride in making banking easy, AllianceBankTexas.com.
3: All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports. For those just joining us Tuesdays and Thursdays at around 4.45 or so, give or take a few minutes one way or the other, sit down and uh, take a look at some grab bag headlines and other things that are going on outside of typical college football uh, or Baylor or uh, realignment and all those types of things. And uh, we did start off, you know, the show talking about – what did we start off the show talking about? Because it wasn't realignment. Uh, it was about it Barry Trammell and it was then very McMurphy. Trample, okay. yeah. and then we got into – okay, live is what I was thinking of. Yeah. We got into that as well, and I'll get into that a little bit more in just a moment. But then eventually I brought around the headline uh, from the Texas Rangers – Uh, And Jacob DeGrom, the news that he is after them kind of sitting there and saying, you know, originally that he was going to be able to, you know, go to the DL and be okay in the end. And then here yesterday, they pushed that back and all of a sudden the timeline became a lot longer. And then today, here they have the news that he is going to uh, undergo Tommy John surgery for a tear in his ulnar collateral ligament out indefinitely. Uh, He had been out since April the 28th. Uh, in a showing against the Yankees where he left uh, and had done so in uh, one of his other previous starts. He had left twice in three starts. And that second time, he had the forearms tightness, I guess as they describe it, and that was uh, one of those concerning warning signs that this might be the end result. Sure enough, after a couple of... Look-ins and checkups, uh, now we, we have the news. Uh, shortly after he had been placed on the 60-day injured list, which is a bump up and kind of that first red flag that this may be a little bit more serious, and sure enough, here we are a day later, and it is uh, the latest MRI apparently showed more inflammation, significant structural damage uh, that wasn't there on the scan when he had exited the game against the Yankees. So it mm-hmm. had gotten worse, uh, and then you had just sent me just to kind of follow up on that. A quote from DeGrom, who was apparently saying this through tears. This stinks. It's not ideal, but at least we know what it is now. I want to get it fixed, and we'll set a goal to be back before the end of next year, and he will apparently undergo surgery uh, as soon as next week. So uh, they went in big. Uh, They went, you know, huge splash with him. I think... uh, They've done a phenomenal job. If you look at their lineup, man, it is it is pretty stacked. I mean, up and down, they are a team that's still very capable of competing. They've been competing, staying at the top of the division without Jacob deGrom uh, ever since late April. Uh, but your thoughts on the big Jacob deGrom, Tommy John news, because not only is it about this year and clearly now you can go ahead and rule him out entirely, but this is also about just the investment they made to begin with and the big picture, which is I've already seen – Astros fans or Angels fans or whoever, like, well, a pretty expensive retirement package. You know, I've seen those kind of digs because there's a lot of people that believe this could be the end of the road for him as far as a dominant starting pitcher.
5: I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to compare him to what Nolan Ryan meant to the Rangers when he arrived back many years ago from Houston that gave them credibility that they just never had, hadn't had in a long, long time. But even though he pitched six times – he had a 267 earned run average an unbelievable whip and he was 2 and 0. I think that his arrival, even though he won't pitch for the next 18 or so months, to me gave this franchise additional or more of an oomph. Even though he won't productivity uh, with production meet the demands of his salary.
6: Yeah, I, I don't I I I don't know like I think best case scenario he's back after the All-Star break next year. Oh, okay, that's yeah. Best I was say, whoa, like, yeah. Best case scenario, All right, yeah. All-Star break 2024. That's best case. And so you're looking at, and you think about, like, Chris Sale, who's also hurt again with the Red Sox, kind of going through the same thing. He came back after the All-Star break a season ago, pitched, kind of got, got his sea legs back a little bit, came back, really was pitching well a month ago, and then got hurt. So this is a point, especially guys who throw like Sale and throw like DeGrom, like, yeah, you're putting a lot of torque on that forearm all the time. I I thought that the Red Sox should have done this to Sale, and I definitely think, at least in the short term, the Rangers should do it with DeGrom, is make him a closer for a little while to where you're not asking him to go out and give you six innings uh, a start. And and see how that works. If he can get back in that way, get healthy, develop some new techniques for keeping himself healthy because it did work long-term for John Smoltz back in the day uh, when he did that uh, and, and helped the Braves out tremendously and then wound up, you know, helping out a couple other teams down the stretch in his career. So I think that'd be good. DeGrom's only 28 years old too, so
5: there's a lot. Man, he- now
6: the, the Angels have no right at all Angels fans have no right I was just, you know, to yeah, just throwing that to, out there. To throw smoke. Well, the Astros have
5: had players go down too. I never celebrated no, any of no, that. But and my, you shouldn't.
6: but yeah, the yeah, but also the Angels have spent, you know, a yeah, billion dollars for nothing over the last decade. So To
3: be fair, it's also Mets fans because yeah. they yeah, don't want it yeah. to work out well yeah, exactly. and you know yeah, people yeah. like that.
6: But um the the Rangers though in spite of that, uh the rest of the rotation has been fantastic. Uh, Gray, Heaney, um uh, b- 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 Nathan Valdi, uh, all really good. Martin Perez is all still... All of them
5: seem to be pitching better than yeah. you could have expected. Yeah. Martin then, was good last night. Yeah. And they're... And they're... <laughs>
6: Their lineup is disgusting. It is absolutely <laughs> it's it's the best one to nine lineup in Major League Baseball right the now. The lower
5: third has been unbelievable, and you wonder does that continue on? We're only a third of the way through the season. Well, especially what? now that they got Mr. Garber back, that helps. Up. You know, like they, yeah, you
6: know they, they're they're really they're really quite good. What so. do they call
5: that? Crooked numbers. They put yeah. up a bunch of threes and fives and et cetera.
6: Yeah, they they do. So uh, it'll be. I think they'll be fine down the stretch, but long
3: term, this is just it,
6: everybody's going to always have the pit in the bottom of their stomach yeah. about Degrom.
3: And depending Depending on how far they go and what they do with this team, you know, there will be that if they fall just short and they needed a little bit more starting pitching, you know, there will be like, well, if DeGrom, and, and hopefully that's not the case, but, but I mean, they're De- good enough to surpass this loss and still be okay, but
7: DeGrom good.
6: is a guy that you can get in the playoffs and win the playoffs with the rotation that they have now in spite of their bullpen, which is, is, is well, bad at the probably, back end, yeah. but they can maybe get some help with that down the stretch. But DeGrom is the kind of guy who helps you win the, the whole thing.
3: Right,
6: That's the talent when you have a guy like that. He's a
3: cherry on top of uh, what's a pretty good Sunday, but uh, not a very good Tuesday news-wise for the Rangers and their fan base, but it wasn't entirely unexpected. so uh, That is out there. I also wanted to pass this along. This isn't very much off the radar, but this is just from Dennis Dodd. They don't want to give this new football league. Uh, For the record, this is from Dennis Dodd in the last 10 minutes. Big 12 Conference interest in UConn Huskies is as a full member. There was never consideration of hoops only. So that is from right. Dennis Dodd. Yeah, just, um, and that hoops only thing came from the Gonzaga idea originally of, you know, if you're going to add Gonzaga, well, then who else do you add? And then there was this whole, like, well, then you go East Coast, and then, like, why don't you get Yukon? And that's where all that, like, that talk turned into – you know, wow! They're actually maybe doing that, and and so he's clarifying there, which I know, like, and
5: Matt clarified kind yeah. of whether the in not infighting, but the resistance was a word he thought was over the top.
3: Right? Yeah, he was he was very careful and still respectful to Barry Trammell with the way that he he worded that. But yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of saying the same thing, and and we will see as far as that goes. Now, uh, there's a new league that I think will be of interest, good or bad, to college football fans. This. Uh, Came out earlier today, uh, but Brian Woods, uh, he used to run the spring league out in um, the Austin area a few years back, and that was just kind of a, I don't even know, it was just a spring league. It was like a very infantile version of what you see now with like the USFL and the XFL. Very, very small in comparison to those guys. Uh, Then went on to become the USFL president and then stepped down from the USFL but he is putting together a new Prep Super League that will start next year. There will be a six-week season. He says they will use NCAA playing rules and operate independent of high school state athletic associations, giving players the chance to profit off their name, image, and likeness, high school players, that is, without any restrictions whatsoever. They intend to have a season from April 19th through May 24th, they will have teams located in Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Cleveland, New Orleans, New Jersey, L.A., Miami, Phoenix, San Diego. Not done yet. San Francisco and Tampa. So that's that's a pretty big league pro already. Sports for starters. across the board. Uh, yeah, pro yeah. sports towns across. You the will board. hear
5: the pro sports radios markets discuss high school football if something crazy happens. One time a year.
3: Oh, yeah. They're not going to have any idea who most of these guys are. Not including national signing
5: day.
6: They right. don't even really,
5: like, outside of Texas, like, yeah. if you're, like,
3: they don't even do
6: it on TV, on local yeah. news, yeah. until a team wins the state finals yeah, they, in those yeah. markets.
3: Yeah, Yeah. so you're looking at what's that, uh, 2, 4, six, eight, 10, 12, 12 teams to start off with. Uh, from the uh, the ESPN article on this, said the hopes to start hiring coaches in the next two to three months for these twelve franchises. Also said the league could supplement recruiting camps and seven on seven programs that are that are otherwise showcases. And um, you know, I guess instead of colleges looking at you, it's your opportunity to go to this this league and and play pro ball rather than high school ball and and college ball. Uh, he said. You know, yet there's some quotes in there. Players will want sensors to measure performance, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of the details that don't really matter at the moment, honestly. Uh, Wood said potential recruits could pay what he referred to as a player development fee to participate in the league compared it to the money that families pay for, like, AAU programs, for example. He's also hoping to get revenue from sponsorships and ticket prices. said players also get an NIL benefit from playing in the league. So there's a lot of, for a big, long article, there's a lot of, like, well, this could and maybe and should and perhaps, and there's a lot of that I'm already noticing from, from the couple of readovers that I've given this. Um, but they will only be able to participate in the league if they're enrolled in a, an accredited middle or high school curriculum and live in one of the league's 12 markets. So there is a different you know, set there as far as how would it affect like a kid in Waco, for example. Well, it won't affect them, but it would affect, let's say, a kid in Dallas or Houston. Uh, he cited the transfer portal and, and all a- that for, for reasons as to why this is necessary. But, yeah, the guy behind the spring league and then – uh, former USFL president, launching a prep Super League that will start next year with the six-week season. All
5: right, one, one question from Roger. Is there an age limit type thing there? Is this high school players only? Yes. And yes. then what was your reaction, Paul, when this story was traded among our group techs? It's a terrible, stupid, bullshit idea.
7: <laughs> okay, <I> mean, <laughs> but, okay. But,
5: yeah. what was your reaction about <laughs> high school football's core fan oh, base? Oh, high school football's core
6: fan base is – I'm a fan of high school football because this kid plays in my town for my high school or my kid plays on this team with that kid, so I know him. That's it. There's not that much of an appetite, especially in these towns. Now, look, in Texas, we're different. You can kind of take us out because that's – a almost religious level fervor here. But even in Texas, I'm not going to get a Gatesville fan to really get his dander up about something that's happening in Athens, Texas, which is, which is hours away from him. It's just, if they play each other at some point, that's when he'll care about what's going on there. It is. That is what high school football is. So this is a terrible idea. Not only the fact that the guy who's running it is a scam artist among scam artists and doesn't pay his bills anyway. So um, yeah, this is, it's just a terrible, stupid idea that is not going to work. It's going to take money away from parents who already, you know, do things like pay for their kids to go to things that don't really pay off because they're desperate to get their kids in. Look, I know that there are, you want to get that extra edge and get your kids seen so they get that scholarship, but... Some of it is, the bottom line is, most of the time, if your kid's good enough, somebody's going to find him if he's got the right coaches in place, and you don't need to pay all this extra money, and especially paying a scam artist like this guy to, to highlight your kid in a town where college scouts are going to anyway. You're telling me at Tampa Plant High School on a Friday night that not, and they've, they've got you know five five stars on their team, juniors and seniors, that not every coach in the Southeast is going to be planted there watching them when they can. Come on.
7: Yeah.
3: Yeah. uh, uh, You asked me about the age. I was looking for that and that Mm -hmm. is not one of the details that was released, but there were other parts of this. Uh, For example, um, the league once, okay. Worked around the cities. Uh, Practices will be similar to NFL mini camps with minimal contact. They want to work around the cities. They picked, athletes would still attend classes at their high school and attend a few practices a week. You think that's going to fly with those? I mean, there's, there's They're a lot attend of
5: practices at their high school. No, I will attend their oh, high school oh, okay. and
3: then attend these practices a few times a week. So you'd be going to high school. You just wouldn't play for your high school team because I guess the thought is you go make NIL money for States that don't have NIL rules that, you know, are for high schoolers, uh, it's part of the idea here, and you can more wow. maximize your value. So the Prep Super League is uh, anticipated to launch next this year. Does this guy owe you
5: some money? Huh? Does this guy running this league owe you some no. money? Oh, okay. I thought he was part of a – you had done a show.
3: Uh, years and years ago, we did a remote for the Spring League, and it took a lot of hustling to get our remote fee. Okay. Um, and a lot of, like, callbacks and a lot of, like, follow-up. Yeah, um,
5: I remember I set up that deal, and thank God. You and the spring league it.
3: seemed like it was a cool idea. Went down to Round Rock, Texas. It was at their high school deal. We we're probably the only radio station there. Me and my co-host at the time, and it was fine for whatever it was, uh, but it wasn't major level. That was pretty obvious. And and we to do that, it was like you have a remote fee where you, yeah, I'll go do your business, but you pay me fifty bucks or whatever. And when that time came, it took a little while. And I, I, I can't say that. But ultimately, after some some patience, uh, we did get that. So,
5: so, okay. I wanted to make sure you did. Bis- yeah. Bishop Sycamore will be the number one team. <laughs> yeah. That's from Jason. Okay. So, I – look – we have
6: been covering high school football collectively among us for about 80 years, right? I mean, between the three of us. Yeah. I, oh, wow. We have, and look, we're here in, in Waco, which is a smaller market, but I can tell you that there are days, like, especially when Travis Hodges Tomlinson and Tanner Mordecai were, and, and Will Nixon were all playing for Midway, uh, where Craig would be on the side and they'd be like, oh, look, Brett Bieleman's here. Yeah. And like, yeah. so again, yeah. you are talking about, like, oh, well, these guys will get seen. Okay, in Dallas, are you telling me at DeSoto High School... Saban's flying in on the like, helicopter. Yeah. Lincoln
3: <laughs> Riley's coming in on a rocket. Yep. Yeah.
6: DeSoto High School is essentially the Avengers yeah. of high school football. Yep. Believe me, those kids don't need any extra exposure. No, they're not they're the fine. ones who are doing it, and... Yeah, I, I just
3: Yeah, I think that you're going to get some major pushback in small Texas towns if you start to pluck guys, which is maybe why you revolve more around the metros and you have that kind of rule in place. Obviously, there's a lot to sort through as far as that goes, but they're trying to maximize NIL, you know, for the players, you know. I did see a comment of like, "Man, it seems like ever since the NIL floodgates opened, there's a whole lot of adults looking for reasons and, yeah. and ways to find their hands in the pie." And that was one of my concerns, but it's not a reason to not do it obviously, but that is I think what a lot of people are st- like it's just, it's there's things popping up. You're just like, what? Well, like, what are we doing here? And then you go, oh, it's for the money. Okay, yeah, well, it's like everything. Like John McClain said, just follow the money. So prep Super League, 12 teams, 12 cities next year. We'll see how effective and uh, how successful that is. But it is, a uh, you know, a, a result of the, the NIL era. And we'll see if anybody takes... Uh, Up those offers to go play that rather than their their traditional high school football. Uh, No finals tonight, whether it's the NBA uh, or the NHL. Uh, No action tonight as we've started to kind of whittle down the sports calendar. Uh, But uh, we do have, uh, you know, the result from last night: Vegas seven to two in game number two to go up two nothing over the Florida Panthers. Uh, shout out Katie Engelson, sideline reporter yep. for the Florida Panthers. Yep. Not a good time for them so far. Uh, and all I was reading all on Twitter, Gary, was like just the juggernaut that the Golden Knights are, right. and this and that. But uh, any thoughts on what you've seen so far?
6: Uh, I mean, I'm kind of shocked, honestly. I thought Florida would put up more of a fight. I, I am, but the way that Aiden Hill has been guarding the net for Vegas is just absurd. Um, last night, uh, Florida came out and was trying to be a little more aggressive but they just could not match the intensity by Vegas. Uh, Vegas knocked out their lead defenseman, and then later on you had the cheap shot from Matthew Kachuk on Jack Eichel of Vegas. Eichel was able to come back in and get a goal, but, man, right now I, I thought this would be a lot closer. I've seen Vegas. obviously Vegas blew out Dallas a couple of times, but the way you're starting off, it's I don't know how – Florida can legitimately crawl back into this.
3: Yeah, it's it's been butt whoopings galore, uh, you know. So far, it feels like so. Yeah, Vegas up two nothing. Uh, as far as the the Stanley Cup Finals go, we'll get Game Three. Uh, tomorrow night, and the NBA Finals also off tonight as well. Uh, but obviously, that one evened up in what was a sensational uh, win by the Heat to draw that to uh, to a 1-1 series. Did want to make mention, though, while we wait on those to, to return beginning tomorrow, uh, the national championship game for softball set, and I forgot to mention this with Paul yesterday, but it'll be Oklahoma, the juggernaut, just the one loss on the season. That was to Baylor earlier in the year. And they will be taking on Florida State. Florida State's a
5: softball school.
3: The women's – for the softball national championship. Uh, that will get kicked off tomorrow night. So we got a lot of championships that are in play the rest of the week, but a pretty quiet night uh, other than you know just kind of the usual this time of year. Look,
6: I am going – since the only loss was to Baylor, I'm going to get Glenmore in a, whatever comfortable ride he needs to. Send him up to Oklahoma City and make sure he is there helping out the Florida State staff. Well, they're going to need it, buddy. Because <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma's yeah, pretty gum good. Yeah.
3: And I know we got a roll here, but I did. Uh, we were talking about the lift stuff earlier. Uh, Kyle Coaster uh, said that he was watching Golf Channel. Uh, there was uh, Johnson Wagner said players meeting uh, with Jay Moynihan was contentious. Multiple players called for the commissioner's resignation. You so go. you know that's coming uh, sooner rather than later.
5: It does appear. Thank you, Craig. Off the radar, a bunch of information. Tim Brando. Joins us. We haven't had him on in too long. Fox Sports, Tim. Your thoughts? Is Jay Monahan is he going to uh, somehow survive all this?
12: If he does, then he is the new Teflon Don of all the sports. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's when you consider the uh, the um, holier than thou representation that he delivered upon the announcement of Liv and disallowing any of their players from participating in PGA Tour events and then uh, really allowing uh, the players that, that he needed desperately to stay with him, uh, guys like Jordan Spieth and, and Justin Thomas, particularly Rory McIlroy, to become sort of uh, the, pit bulls, the pit bulls, if you will, of defending the sanctity of of the PGA tour all the while with uh, it, clearly uh, conversations that, that were ongoing clearly while he was in conversations uh, with the people from, from live uh, to have this announcement made uh, under the cloak of secrecy through CNBC. Uh, I, I, have, you know, I can't imagine how he survives, but he may, you know, in in today's world, David, you just, you, you never know. Um, everybody's speaking out of both sides of their mouths, and um, it would appear that loyalty at, at the highest levels of, of, um, of sports and, and, heck, corporate America uh, has gone out the window. Uh, mercenaries all, you know, just, it's, it's amazing, uh, you know, the things that we see today. Um, if I'm, if I'm a, a player that's ranked somewhere between 90 and 100 and 120, and I remain faithful to the PGA Tour, and I'm hoping, particularly if I'm in that area between 115 and 120, 125, uh, and I want to hold on to my card, um, all that just changed, you know. And the rank and file here are just absolutely getting screwed. Uh, in the PTA tour. Uh, I know the fans for the most part, and to some extent maybe the television um, executives care more about the star players, the ones that are drawing cards for tournaments that we see on television. And we'll see plenty of them and they'll all, you know you can make a case that today's news is, is for the greater good of, of golf overall, but it's certainly not good news for the rank and file of the PTA tour. I mean not at all.
6: Tim, I feel genuinely bad for anybody, like you mentioned Roy McElroy, but especially the guys on the middle or lower end that could have taken big paydays and said, Look, I'm not doing that. I don't want that money And now not only do they their whole sacrifice financially get thrown back in their face, but now they have to take that money because this deal was all made, you know, without their knowledge.
12: Yeah, absolutely. And um Someone said something to me today on Twitter about Greg Norman, and uh, he was clearly not a fan, and and uh, and loathed all things Greg Norman as a player. Therefore, uh, saw him as a cancer within golf because he set up live the way he did. Uh, yeah, he's 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 clearly going to give up his position of power, and yeah, he may have wanted to uh, destroy the PGA. I don't. I don't think that's the case, but he may, you know, some fans hated Greg that much in the aftermath of it, and some former players did too. Uh, But, I mean, now you look at what he did, and he allowed the players, all of them, uh, through what he was doing with Live Golf to get all the things they wanted. They could play only a few tournaments, which they cut back their schedules. He got them guaranteed money so they didn't have to worry about empty trips by not making cuts. Those are all things that players have always wanted. Uh, you know, going all the way back to the late 70s, early 80s, they wanted to get some money to defray the cost of of appearing. You know, the appearance costs themselves, just getting there is costly for an independent contract. Well, he got rid of all that and uh, got them guaranteed money. And now look, uh, he's, he's now gotten a merger to make, Uh, the game more global, which I think was the big picture thought process all along. And he took those hits about blood money and Saudi this and, and, and all of that. And um, he comes out of this thing at the very least, even though he may no longer be involved because of the merger, he comes out of this looking like an innovative uh, mind that was uh, thinking big picture at a time when other players did not. And, and, and Mickelson's had this battle going on social media with Brando Chambly oh. who took a real hard stance and a very, I mean, way over the top, uh, holier than thou, condescending view of all things not PGA. And, uh, you know, as an, as a partner, for, as a television partner to the PGA Tour, how does NBC and, and, and the Golf Channel look, and, and particularly Brando look through all this? I mean – They're out on an island now by themselves.
5: He, in fact, spoke today and called it uh, uh, maybe the worst day of professional golf. Uh, uh, He looked stunned like he had not slept. That remains to be seen about how will he continue to work there or will that be hypocritical or what? Um, How does the commissioner – how does he not let anyone know? Is he worried about leaks? How does Rory McElroy, who's really not played well for a couple of months since the Masters, who has been out there taking most of the battering, how, how does how does this happen?
12: Well, well that's a great – I mean, that, that is really the, my focus, is that uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Steve, certainly Rory, more so than either one of them, but still all of them. Those are the guys he went to to hold firm and hold steady with the majority of the tour. And uh, these are all good young guys, really the next generation of golf, and they were loyal. Look at the hundreds of millions of dollars that they turned down. And for what? (laughs) You know, given this decision, for what? I mean, those are opportunities missed. And and I said all along, and a lot of my um, uh, liberal friends in media uh, took shots uh, even at me for not condemning Live Golf, I actually said I watched it. I was interested in looking at it. Uh, I, frankly, I didn't like it. I thought it was a hard watch. Uh, the team thing, the graphics, all of that, uh, unrecognizable voices other than David Faraday calling it. I, I, I was not impressed with the television presentation of it, but, uh, I did admit to watching it. And I had some of my liberal friends and media say, what is, what are you doing that for? How, how dare you do that? Don't you know about the blood? I'm like, wait a minute. And this, what, what what happened with the NBA? You know what happened with Nike? What happened with how many other corporations that are out there that uh, sold their souls to, to communist China? You know we have one set of rules for, um, you know these people versus those people. And you know we can all take our shots all you want. You look at a guy like Brooks Koepka, by example. If you watched the Netflix uh, series Full Swing, as I did, I thought it was a wonderful uh, documentary on golf, and they were they were doing this um, documentary right at the height of the live announcement taking place. And Kepka was in a mental dungeon. He had been hurt. Uh, he 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 came off as vulnerable, and and you know I found myself sort of rooting for him to win the PGA. I mean I did because of what he went through. And unlike Nicholson, he was not wearing, you know, his team's shirt or hat. He was really just Brooks, representing Brooks, you know, playing the game. He had Nike wear on, I think, as a sponsor that stayed with him. And that's the other thing. All the sponsorship money that left these players, you know, (laughs) for what? You know, how do they look now? Uh, But bottom line is – those guys that made that choice, that made that, that decision, they did so because the team thing they thought would help their so-called rank and file. You know, there are a lot of guys that are playing on Liv that are not superstars, mm-hmm. but they're making a lot of money, and they love playing the team game, and it's rejuvenated them. Uh, you know, Streelman was one example of that, um, who loves to play uh, team events. I think he won in New Orleans at that team event uh, not long ago, a couple of years ago maybe, uh, with Keegan Bradley. And uh, Streelman was talking about that today on PGA Tour Radio. And, and I caught a little bit of that uh, on Sirius earlier today. I, I, the players love that part of it, the team thing. I don't think fans necessarily do or they don't understand it. But, um, look, I ultimately, fellas, I think this is good for golf, you know, for the for the people that consume it, love it, and enjoy watching it. Now we're going to see more of the best players competing against one another, and that had been taken away because of this hard stance that the PGA Tour had taken against Liv.
5: Jim Brando, Fox Sports, with us on 365 Sports.
6: Tim, as we hurdle through the month of June and the you know the slow times in college football, it does appear that um, you know realignment is is going to have to be. It doesn't appear it's going to have to be dealt with one way or the other. When it comes to the Pac-12, you you've stated on this show before that that um, you know a, a way forward for the Pac-12 is is going to be rocky at best with Colorado kind of. Rick George saying they're going to do what's best for them ultimately. How do you feel it stands now with where Colorado and other teams in the Pac-12 are looking into the future when it comes to their media deal and where they should be going forward?
12: Well, I mean, uh, my view of it is uh, the clock is ticking, and we're, in, we're now late in the fourth quarter. And you can't be playing field position football. you got to be taking deep shots. you got to be going for the home run pitch. And we're not far from Hail Mary time for George Cleavcom, okay? I mean, let's not forget that USC-UCLA announcement to the Big Ten happened when? A year ago, yeah, yeah. It happened happened Fourth of July weekend is when it happened. And you can bet that the wheels are turning everywhere in terms of when and where these announcements have got to be made because at some point the schools themselves, before they get – into fall camp, they have to know what their immediate future is beyond just the season administratively. They, they have to have an understanding from a scheduling standpoint, you know, what direction they're going to be going in. And I think the doors are open at Brett Yormark's office, fellas. I think you know that. Mm-hmm. I know that. And I think all the administrators, their schools that, that, that I think are in their, their line of sight, which would be, you know, those schools on each corner of of the Pac-12, the northern and the southern tier, and with Colorado, in my opinion, comes Utah. Whatever the political issue might be between Utah and BYU, that's got to be worked on. Maybe that's what they are working on. I don't know. Utah's a tremendous guess to go along with BYU. I mean, it is. And but there may be some you know political. Uh, hangover from those two schools with one another. I think they just have to learn to, to deal with that. Utah is a proud program now. That's the two time defending champion of the Pac 12. And adding them would be a, a good thing to go along with Colorado on one end. And Arizona, Arizona State, in my view, would, would coalesce uh, and to the idea of joining them. I, I see all four of them going to the Big 12. And with that in play, and I don't know what the time situation is for the presidents of the Big Ten or what their big picture is, but I do know uh, Tony Petiti well, and I, I, I really trust his uh, leadership skills, and I think that he'll take a big-picture look and listen to his presidents. And if those presidents in the Big Ten decide that, you know, from a financial point of view, from a scheduling point of view, having Oregon and Washington in their league would make some sense, then I think the potential is there for that to happen. I I don't think that's necessarily something television necessarily has to happen, uh, has to see. I don't know that Oregon and and Washington make um, uh, the television deal any better for the three networks involved. Uh, The suits would have to answer to that. I think, frankly, Oregon has been a banner carrier For the conference during the period in which USC was down, okay? So, and they're a national program now. They are. Uh, Washington's been up and down, uh, but they're on their way back. They had a very good back half of last season. And I think um, from an AAU rating standpoint, it makes sense to the Big Ten. Uh, But it could help them from a cost standpoint on travel, particularly for the non-revenue producing sports, if they were to bring them in. I think the potential of all that happening is right there.
5: I know, Craig, has an SEC question, Tim. I got a, one more on what you're talking about. If, in fact, the Big 12 expands, what we've been told, and it does seem to be from a good people, is that if, in fact, they were to expand with two or more that Fox – now and ESPN would prorate that, and that nobody would lose money who's a part of whatever remains of the Big Twelve when Texas and Oklahoma leave. Have you heard that?
12: No, I've not, but I I wouldn't shout that notion down either. Okay, I wouldn't. Uh, I've I've not had any conversations uh, with anyone on the football front recently. I've been on vacation. Just got back from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have our seminar at. Um, thoughts in another month i think july 6th and 7th i'm headed out to tarana uh in california where we have our meetings each year for both the nfl and college football but uh, that that's cer- certainly uh, as a rumor it's not a rumor that i would shout down at this stage
3: tim i know that you uh you know had a lot of strong opinions on the sec and they're you know scheduling i guess uh stalemate that, that occurred last week. I was just curious, not so much from, you know, was it a mistake, but is, is this the the first time you've seen the SEC kind of have a misstep in what seems like quite a while? It just feels like pretty much everything they do turns to gold, and this is the first time where it's almost like, oh, wow, they're kind of human too. Well,
12: I think it's really unfortunate that the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, um, failed to be the leader that we all feel he is. In this particular respect, I mean, um, this guy is uh, carrying with him the label "strongest leader in college football." And uh, you know, when when Kevin Warren stepped down, that was an easy statement to make. And as I've said, and I said when, with my tweets uh, uh, a day or two ago, you know, um, you know, much is required from those that are given uh, much. And and the SEC has given much, it's taken much, and and much is required. And I thought uh he really was lacking transparency. (laughs) I thought uh he 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 sent the media uh down this primrose lane for fifteen months saying we're gonna go to nine, you know, even sent out uh you know, through his offices who the primary teams would be that they that they would play. Uh, so much so that apparently it got Nick Saban's attention, because Saban, for the first time, wants eight as opposed to nine, because his guaranteed opponents by, by rivalry with the LSU, Tennessee, and uh, and the potential of playing both of those to go along with Georgia, <laughs> <laughs> uh, were problematic apparently. Yeah. And so now he's backing off. It, it's it's sad when you see that. And so, yeah, I pointed it out, and I um, I'm not alone. There are a lot of other people in media that had some pushback, blowback on this because um, it, it it certainly lacked transparency. Now they're they're trying to, through his minions, uh, of which my friend Paul Feinbaum is one, they're saying, oh, it's just a one off. It's but next year we'll take care of it. We'll get it up to nine. That was because you know by that time, Texas and Oklahoma. Well, okay, that may be true, but why did you sell us this bill of goods and then pull back within a short period of time? The reason is because the the commissioner decided to yield power to presidents of schools that just want to get bowl eligible, okay? This has nothing to do with the power schools that are going to be contending for the playoff every year. But going to and staying with eight is going to be a problem for the SEC if they keep it in play once we go to 12. Because then you're going to be measuring, and I don't care what metric you use, uh, the conference in and of itself is not good enough. Even all uh, even with all of its championships and even with all of its crystals and its r- recent history, it's not good enough to have a nine and three team that's got one power conference, nine co- uh, non conference team on it and you're playing, uh, FCF schools in mid to late November when you're measuring that against the nine and three Big Ten team that's playing nine conference games and would have played a tenth in their title game. I mean, that was my point. And, uh, this notion that, uh, being critical of anyone in a position of, of, of Commissioner Sankey somehow makes you, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a terrible human being. How dare you go after our commissioner? I was just simply making an observation that I felt was true. He looked very uncommissioner-like last week. And uh, this is the guy who's supposed to be the most powerful man in college football. I've known Greg Sankey a long time. I knew him when he was at the Southland Conference. I have great respect for him. His background, however, is that of a, of a bureaucrat that was on the infractions committee of the NCAA as well as the former conference uh, uh, commissioner with the Southland before Mike Slide brought him in. I've got respect for him. I was very disappointed in him, and I expressed that. I don't think there's anything terribly wrong with that. Um, other, like I said, there are others that have taken their shots on this too.
6: Tim, I, I just think that ultimately Greg Sankey's message needs to them. He's like, listen, the 12th team is going to be way more important than who gets to play in the Poinsettia Bowl.
12: Exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, in the same conversation that he was having with Paul Feinbaum, and this was the reason I said what I did, it was, it was like frothing at the mouth. Paul, who had the answer, okay, those presidents wanted more money. And they wanted ESPN to dole out more money for the ninth game. Well, that, clearly they're oblivious to the economy of, of sports television right now. And by the way, that deal was done. It was brokered four and a half years ago. All right. So, and by the way, it was never up for bid. Fox, CBS, and nobody got a bid on that. That was a deal he just decided to do on his own. Well, now, you know, the company I work for cuts the deal with, NBC and CBS for the big 10 to be on over the air networks from noon until almost midnight. And they're making a billion dollars. They're going to make more money for team than the SEC is. And uh, yet he wants uh, ESPN to bail them out with more money. They haven't even started that TV deal yet. <laughs> I mean, come on at some point you, you got to admit to that. You got to let's, let's, Tell the truth, the presidents wanted more money. yes not willing to give it. When they are, then maybe we'll get to, to uh, nine games. Just, just tell us the truth. That was my point. Yeah, and it, uh, it, a little, a little transparency would have been nice, but he chose not to do it. And you know, and for those that want to protect uh, the mighty SEC, I, I love the SEC. I wouldn't be where I am today without the time I spent covering the Southeastern Conference both at ESPN and at at CBS. That has nothing to do with conference affiliations, and I'm a friend of Paul's. I don't dislike Paul at all. But if he wants to come after me, then he can come on all he wants. If he's going to be the pit bull to the commissioner, bring it, big fella. I'm just going to say what I see. I've always said that, uh, whether I worked at at, uh, ESPN or CBS. I, i said what I saw, and I'll I'll not stop doing that.
5: Which is why we love you having it on the show with a lot going on today and a lot in college football. Tim, hope you had a great uh, vacation. Hit him straight at Southern Trace whenever you play there next, and we always appreciate your
12: time. You got it, fellas. It's always a pleasure being on, and there will be some news. I, I, Mr. Yormark, I think, is going um, to be the guy to keep an eye on between now and the 4th of July.
5: Tim Brando, Fox Sports, with us on three sixty five sports, an almost weekly go to us with us in college football, and we appreciate as always his his opinion and his honesty. And doesn't mean you have to agree with him, but he loves college football like no other that I can know of.
3: Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, he's he's putting out more of a date than really uh, we could have expected. I mean, I think that that was kind of you know what. We were sort of talking about earlier though is like there's got to come a point in the time where there is like a legitimate like, hey, there's we need to like circle the wagons here and, and kinda of come to to something one way or the other. So one more month, I think we can can manage that and you know, hope he's right that something does pop off uh, before mm-hmm. or right around that time, uh, to give some some clarity. By the way, I did finally find what you asked me. I checked out a different article on that at spring league. It'd be upcoming sophomores and uh Gosh, I just had it. I believe it's upcoming soft players entering sophomore and junior years is who they would be targeting with this. Uh, so that's that's what you're looking at. And I think – did I clarify that it was a spring league? Yes. Okay, yeah, thank Yeah, you God. said that was, from the beginning. having yeah. a panic attack going, oh, my God, did I yeah. say – so it would be a only spring league. The
5: more dumb or dumber would you be mentioned to days. do it during the fall. Okay, yeah. Six yeah. games yeah. and
3: all – okay, good. But, yeah, just uh, – I know that I didn't have right there, but, yeah, players entering their sophomore and junior years, and this was basically replacing going to a camp. But the only thing is you're now playing six extra actual football games. Well, so. and
6: if you're in a state where you're going
3: to get NIL from it, you're forfeiting your eligibility in said state. Yeah, that would have to be work out but yeah okay glad to put a bow on that um and you know hopefully like tim said there's a bow on on this chapter of realignment god. here uh, in the next few weeks but I, I love the passion I love that he's not just like well if feinbaum said it then it's yeah. gospel you know I mean
5: I, I agree. that there you go just because it comes yeah. from the god of the sec in football who actually complimented the Big 12 last week I had somebody send me a link ...on what he said. When we come back, John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist, Paul's Top 5, and this is 365 Sports. Father's Day just around the corner. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness has Father's Day gift for you. Personal training packages, gift cards to be a member at the gym... Tanning's packages, memberships available, pickleball, paddle, or tennis racket. They have a pro shop there for tennis and pickleball. Court shoes for tennis and also tennis lessons if you want that, too. They have numerous personal trainers. And Nathan, the newest one that has joined the group, but also includes Randall Corley and Christy London. And a pickleball fundraiser, uh, not fundraiser, but a pickleball uh, get-together, a social going on this Thursday evening pickleball food and friends uh, it's thursday evening sign up by five o'clock on thursday on team Reach this is one of the apps and party and have a great time it's waco regional tennis and fitness on lake shore drive oh that the, the social the special is on friday but sign up by uh, thursday june the 8th to be a part of that waco regional tennis and fitness on lake shore drive in waco
10: 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit marcos.com to order and stop by Marco's pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's, pizza lovers get it. Oh, 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 oh,
5: At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less sometimes thousands of dollars less whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing, if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IdealMRI, Ideal -MRI 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 MRI. MRI.com.
3: I see an equal housing lender.
5: Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits. Compared to to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand spring testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire, and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, pettycliniclowt.com.
4: Welcome back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with NFL Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. Brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, where customer service is their main focus. And best in metal, steel, and pipe for large or small projects. With two locations in Waco and Bryan. Family owned and operated since 1943. Read John's work at sportsradio610.com. Hall of Fame
5: columnist John McClain with us
4: on 365 Sports.
5: Paul Catalina and Craig Smoke. I'm David Smoke. John, thank you very much. Uh, John, anything from some of these early returns, NFL, whatever they're called, OTAs or whatever, that that has caught your attention?
13: All the glowing reports about the young quarterbacks. Like, when I go on my shows here after OTAs, today I couldn't make it to Waco for the Texas Sports Hall of Fame because is the last day the players talk to the media during, from OTAs? So, and then when I go on my station here, I know they want to hear glowing things about CJ Stroud. And the fact is, truthfully, I've never heard one player in all my years say anything during the season about OTAs. Like, man, I I know I played really well this season. I won this award and I wanted the all got started during OTAs. Or, man, if I'd have done better in OTAs, I'd have played better this season. Nobody thinks about the OTAs, which are organized team activities. And really, because you can't touch each other, you uh it's about mental, and you're looking for a guy like C.J. Stroud and Davis Mills, who's in his third year, and then Case Kingdom is in like his 50th should not make mental mistakes. And if C.J. Stroud can take what he's been taught in the classroom by his coordinator, Bobby Slowick, who came from the 49ers, and Gerard Johnson, a quarterback coach, who came from Minnesota, if what they're teaching him in there, he makes the right decisions. It's not until training camp when they put on pads, and even though they don't hit and take each other to the ground, they still have people covering receivers. And they still have guys rushing the quarterback even though they don't hit them, but they close in on them and the whistle's blown. That's a much better barometer to gauge a young quarterback. I was listening to a guy today just go on and on about Anthony Richardson and the things that he's doing in Indianapolis. And I'm thinking, well, he should be. Nobody's rushing him. Nobody's covering him. They don't wear pads. They should look good unless they're making mental errors.
6: John, what do you think will be the end of the Dalvin Cook saga in Minnesota right now?
13: I understand salary cap, but if they really wanted to keep him, they could rework that contract and lower his cap figure, turn it all into a signing bonus. And He started every game last year. He's a really good receiver. And it looks like they're using analytics to make this decision instead of what they're seeing with their eyes. And everybody that I know thinks they won't be as good if they don't have Dalvin Cook. And before he goes to another team, he may have to redo the contract. And if they cut him like DeAndre Hopkins, he'll start over. But the difference is he was good last year. Hopkins was not. Hopkins has missed 15 games over the last two years and uh, is looking, I think, for $10 million. And – cook we don't know what he'll be looking for but if they if they let him go and the guy plays behind him gets hurt their goose is cooked and they're coming off the division title and they're trying to win another one and kirk cousins i believe is in the last year of his contract so they'll probably want to re-sign him but right now it just doesn't make sense to me to make your team work. are if you make a move and your team won't be as good. It's one thing if you're Arizona and you're terrible and you're rebuilding, but the, the man, the Vikings trying to win the division again.
3: John, is there any chance DeAndre Hopkins comes back to Houston?
13: None. None whatsoever. There's a bunch of uh, reports. It's one report he met with them. No. They have no interest in him. He has no interest in them. He. He mentioned on a podcast two weeks ago four teams he'd like to go to, all Super Bowl contender with great quarterbacks. Then he hires an agent. As soon as he hires an agent, stories anonymous source stories are out there that he wants to come back to Houston and play with CJ Stroud. Uh, and I'm thinking, man, he fell in love with Stroud and the Texans over the weekend. They must have been very impressive. No, he will not be back here.
5: John, do you have any uh, thoughts at all? How much have you? Kept up with the PGA Tour, live golf, and today. Oh yeah! I mean, this oh, is yeah. like the NFL AFL merger, but I don't know—is it bigger?
13: Well, nothing's bigger football. Yeah, and golf is—you know—the uh, thing that that didn't involve blood money. You know, it didn't—they were invoking 9/11. know, Jay the guy that did all this for the PGA. He was he was calling the live golf tour every name in the book and and now they they're doing this deal and a lot of players didn't know about it they' found out about it on Twitter and he's gone to the Canadian Open and talked to him about it and I tell you what 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 gets me is the guys like Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka that took 200 and 100 million and 100 million and others turned it down out of loyalty and stay together. The guys that took it, they look like geniuses now.
7: Mm-hmm.
13: And so um, I would hope that the Saudis who are going to benefit to this, the only reason is they got money that they will distribute some billions to the PGA to give to the players who were loyal and turned down that blood money. And because if you don't, there may be even more bitterness now that they're going to be playing together. And I hope they're not going to be playing team golf. And I hope they're not going to be playing at the courses that the Liv played. Liv was having trouble with sponsors, viewerships, everything. But they had the Saudi money. And I think it's shameful based on everything they said over the last year. And then all of a sudden, PGA's got a price. And I don't blame the players. I blame Jay Monahan, and they even have a guy from Saudi Arabia who's going to be the chairman over him, and he's going to be the CEO. And uh, I'm hoping because every tournament, every PGA tournament gives a huge chunk of the profits to charities, and I hope that if say the Phoenix Open was giving 10 million to charity, it would now be 20 or 30 million to charity. And the players make a whole lot more money, too. But if the charities benefit, at least something good comes out of this besides lining people's pockets.
5: John, last thing, Jacob DeGrom is out probably for Ooh. at least a year and a half. Ooh. Tommy John surgery. He had been placed on the 60-day. There were thoughts he could come back by the end of June, early July. Uh, Rangers keep winning. They've won without him. Uh, he gave him a shot in the arm. But there is, are the Rangers – it, at least on the Astros fans' radar? Or are they just a matter of they're just eventually going to, like the tortoise in the uh, the shell?
13: No, we talk about the Rangers all the time down here on our shows. The Rangers have scored at least 10 runs 16 times. The Astros just did it for the third time last night. It's amazing that the Astros, who let Justin Verlander leave, lost Luis Garcia, haven't had Lance McCullers all season, Garcia is gone for two years. By the way, DeGrom won't be back for twenty-five at the earliest. But that's about him coming back younger than Verlander was, and Verlander was even better. So he, could, I'd, I'd call Verlander and say, "What doctor did you use? Yeah, I want to use him too." And uh, Jose Chidi, uh won't be back till after the All Star break at the earliest. So their pitching staff has been decimated. Yet they're three and a half games behind the Rangers because of their pitching. They get great pitching from their bullpen and three young guys nobody has ever heard of.
5: Thank you, John. We appreciate you Thank as you always. Thank you, guys. John McClain, uh, 6'10", in Houston, Hall of Fame columnist with us on 365 Sports. Um, you know me and my my Websters. Paul wasn't
3: listening. <laughs> oh, you didn't yeah, hear this yeah. one? I, I, yeah. You know you how mean?
5: when there's like a saying that's been there for hundred and 100,000 years? Like, I think of one. I was trying to ask him about: it. Are the Rangers on Astros fans' radar, or is this an example? Like, is it an example for them with the tortoise and the shell? Oh dear God!
6: I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. <laughs> just the tortoise it's, no, the it's shell.
5: supposed to be the tortoise in the hair, yes. right? Okay, I knew that. It's one of those things.
6: Look, the, the Astros don't have as much pitching depth as they have. They've got good young pitchers. Their lineup is finally starting to come around. Jose Abreu hit his first home run the other day. I don't know if you saw that highlight of him sprinting around the bases mm-hmm. uh, because that's what they brought him in to do, and he, hasn't, he hadn't done it at all uh, in the first two months of the season. Um, they'll be there right with him the whole time. But, look, the Rangers, when you look at their lineup compared to the Rays and the Astros, the other two best teams uh, in the league, and – and I know that like you can get into the you know some of the other teams in the AL East there, but the Rays lost a couple of really good starting pitchers uh, for the year in Springs and Rasterson. Uh, they're not going to be there all year for them, so I think it's going to be interesting down the stretch. I, you know who can make the deal that puts them over the top of the deadline, um, you know will be the one in, in the World Series. So
5: we'll, we'll see. All right, congratulations to Texas and TCU for advancing into the Super Regionals in college baseball. Uh, Tonight, Craig has mentioned Oklahoma-Florida State trying to see who wins that series to win the national title. Oklahoma's trying to win three in a row. They haven't lost in forever. Florida State-Oklahoma had a series that they played back in 2021. When we come back, Paul Catalina's top five. Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat. Loop 340 east of 84 in Waco Memorial Day of course was a great weekend for them. Now you have a new month in June the 2022 Ram 2500 and 2022 Ram 3500 heavy duty trucks available 6.7 liter Cummings turbo diesel engine. This is online $4,000 in total bo- uh, total bonus cash allowance. The offer will end in early July. In fact, uh, July 5th so the inventory is there make sure you don't lose opportunity to find that for you right now also you go online Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep com. there are numerous new vehicles used or pre-owned vehicles the scheduling service for the vehicle you have their service department is excellent I've used it when I take my Ford Explorer which I bought as a pre-owned at Alan Samuels in for even if it's an oil change. The last time I did, it was an oil change, but I knew my back right tire was kind of always having the need air. Sure enough, there was a nail in the side of the tire. Had to get that replaced. They did a ma- marvelous job in helping with that. Pre-owned, used, Ram, Jeep, what you need, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, Loop 340, Ted Teague, the general manager, east of 84 in Waco.
9: Of Boozer's is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready
5: to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozer's is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie K. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let at Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces. And Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers, the
7: wedding ring store.
3: How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
5: Aaron Duvall, owner of Texas Beef House. Why did you get into
8: this business? We kind of were born into it, and it's been for uh, several generations. Our family's been in the the beef business, uh, the, the ranching business, and we've specifically got into the beef business uh, back in about 2015 when uh, me and my son uh, decided to form Texas Beef House and uh, sell directly to the public.
5: Aaron, everyone knows about Wagyu and and how elite that is when it comes to beef. What separates you from anyone
8: else that may do this in this type of profession? We um, selected out Wagyu Mainly because it's, uh, it's such a quality beef, and uh, it's consistent. Some beef, some breeds, you, know, you may have uh, you know, a good animal every now and then, but Wagyu produces really consistently good beef every time. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your
5: house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas Raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com.
1: It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5, brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas raised wagyu. From our pasture to your plate,
5: texasbeefhouse.com. By the way, thanks to Kim Coulter, he ordered four large gift boxes to send to, to people, family, clients, etc., and more. Over the uh, last few days, we appreciate Kim.
6: He uh, spends, he just said on the chat room earlier, two months a day, two months a year in uh, Hawaii. So, hashtag life goals there, Kim. Uh, Absolutely. So, top five coaches still in the honeymoon phase. And we we have a theme for this week. What's that? Well, I mean, yesterday was top five coaches searching for rings. This is top five coaches still in the honeymoon phase. I mean... It's the dog days of summer. I've got one sure, thing on why. my mind.
3: Yeah, that's... You know,
6: yeah. I've got I've to overlap these things because I, I have to. So, look, you guys can roll your eyes all the want. You're not the ones who have to come up with five things every damn day.
3: I do. Oh, I've got to get credit. Yeah, but, but, but... If I had to, I, I could know. and I would. Oh, just to be clear.
6: All right. All right. Are all right. I'm going to do this while you're <laughs> I just gone? If you were to no. say that, if no, I had I mean, to do it, like, I would. You're right. rolling your eyes. It's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, reductive to the fact that I do this 250 days a year. I'm just saying. It's not 250. Whatever it is. But it's a lot. And it's not, it's not as easy as it seems. You're the I'm one that the decided the to do it. At I know.
3: your wedding talk, Paul. Yeah, that okay. was very clear from the get-go. But, yeah. yes, if I need to step in one day, I will. You do a great job, just so you know, if we haven't told you lately... But I can do it if I need to. Yeah.
5: You are you emotional? I'm a little pissed. A little pissed. A little tiny bit. Why, about the next two weeks? Uh,
6: no. <laughs> uh, all right. Number five. Coach is still in the honeymoon phase. Josh Heupel. Everybody in Tennessee loves him right now. Rolling along. Uh, but again, that's a place that can turn uh, on their coaches really quickly. But he's the one who seemed to re-energize them and, and go through uh, – you know out of this this cloud that is you know uh, has been so bad for them for almost 20 years since they won a national title uh, 97 was or 99 Ninety-eight, sorry, ninety-eight national championship.
5: Yeah, don't bring
6: up ninety-seven. Yeah, ninety-eight national championship. They won that, and then it was just a you know a downward trajectory, and they hated every coach since then. But everybody loves Josh Heupel in Nashville right or in Knoxville right now, and he is uh, the toast of the town for now in his honeymoon phase. Don't mess but, it up, not him, but, but the fans. Yeah, don't mess it up. Like enjoy it, uh, keep pushing, and hopefully he can get as much out of his quarterbacks, Joe Milton, and. uh uh, Nico, as as he did out of um, of uh, Hendon Hooker last year.
3: Yeah, I mean, great coach. Uh, really has the troops riled up and, and ready to to return to the promised land right now, and feels like they're on the cusp of possibly doing that. The only problem for them is there's a couple of giants in their way. Megas. Uh, but the expanded yeah. playoff here soon will cure that, and or at least make that you know not as much of an obstacle to get into an opportunity to be able to to get into that playoff and and maybe make some noise and, and make a run. But, yeah, they're they're on solid footing right now for the first – or as, as solid footing as they've been on in a really long time. Um, I don't always buy into the, like, we have to have the big brands for it to matter. Like, I, I mean, I, I agree with that to an extent, but it is good to see Tennessee being relevant uh, sort of the way that they were uh, as I watched them growing up all the time. Uh, and then they just kind of went away for a little while and things weren't as good. And, and now they're kind of back to where – Rocky Top's rocking because of winning, and uh, that's cool to see that. Number four, Shane Beamer. Finally some uh,
6: life in South Carolina, a team that's never won the SEC, and I don't know if they ever will, especially with what's going on, but Shane Beamer is the most energetic coach they've had in a long time, and that, to me, that even includes Lou Holtz, who was kind of at the end of his career, and Steve Spurrier, who was at the end of his career in college when they were there. Shane Beamer's been uh, really good for them. Of course, bringing in Spencer Rattler's brought a little life to them, and we'll see if he continues back on an upswing this year. He's, he's one of the biggest conundrums in college football. But there is a reason for hope in Columbia because of Shane Beamer. So, I agree. So this is what again? They're in their honeymoon phase. Everybody's okay. happy right So now. why is he above Hypo? Because I just make numbers sometimes. But, yeah, okay. he's probably not. I think I forgot about. So, this about, is really I forgot through five I forgot is... about. I, honestly, I forgot about Hypo Now, looking back, I forgot about Heupel and I had to change him out for somebody else. And I'd already done Beamer. Well, you so. could
5: have just moved him up and moved Boomer down.
6: Yeah. Thanks for telling me how to do this, guys. Really appreciate this. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a top a question, five buddy. Is, yeah.
5: Otherwise, you just put five names without numbers. Yeah. Time. I
6: mean, he probably shouldn't have been. But, yeah, he, he's there on the list.
3: Yeah. i just wondering because, I, I don't know, i take. Tennessee's trajectory if we're doing it like on the power ranking, but it's your list, as you said. So, yeah, Shane Beamer's uh, got a good thing going, and, um, you know, now there's a lot of excitement about what he could possibly do. Uh, We'll see with Spencer Rattler back for, for one final shindig to see what, you know, he's capable of, accomplishing at the end of his college career and you know they made for a pretty good pairing last year along with you know obviously others in play as well but uh, there's excitement around columbia to be sure and you know they're not just some you know oh yeah and they're south carolina too like they're actually somebody that people are talking about and not because they you know oh yeah or they have to or or whatever they're talking about them because there's some excitement there. yeah they had some
5: momentum near the end number three
3: Dan Lanning in Oregon. Uh, of course, it's it's
5: only
6: year two for Dan Lanning, but uh, there is, uh, I mean, I, I'm i kind of surprised that Oregon ever got to a, a phase where they weren't buzzy, but there was uh, before Dan Lanning, you know, in the immediate time before Dan Lanning got there. Uh, and now here they are. Um, that the transfer portal on all that Oregon is, is everything that they, they want to be. It's a, a bummer for them as a, as a team that their conference is going through what they're going through, but Oregon will continue to be relevant and, you know, Players want to go there. They've got uh, obviously good NIL backing, and he's the, the perfect guy at the perfect time, I think, uh, for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, and we'll see if he can you know, win a very tough conference in year number two. But he's got a good quarterback to do it in Bo Nix and some good players he's plucked out of the portal and recruited here in the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll see on him. I mean, it's great what they did last year, but they also did that the year before, Mm -hmm. basically. You Mm -hmm. know, and they won 10 games two years prior to that. So, I mean, they've done that uh, three out of the last four years, won 10 games or more. Um, You know, Cristobal had a short three-year stint, but they – you know, they got some things done during that three years, so he's able to pick up that torch and just kind of keep things uh, the way that they were. Obviously, Bo Nix played a lot better than and people could have ever expected or, or most people probably ever would have expected given how he was talked about once he left Auburn. And then I think a lot of people expected him to fall off and he didn't. He just kept on rolling. Uh so yeah, there's there's a lot of excitement up there as well right now and you know how they fall within that that Pac-12 packing order. I mean, we goof on the Pac-12 all the time, but their quarterbacks really yeah. are a, a fun bunch and Therefore, their teams uh, should make for a very crowded field, you would think, uh, in, in pursuit of that championship, and they'll be one of them.
5: I don't think Heupel's, by the way, in a honeymoon. I think they're he's engaged.
6: <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe so. Yeah, that's probably true about Tennessee, that uh, they're not going to get married to something. like They maybe weren't married to Phil Fulmer until they dumped Gatorade on him. In 98? Uh, yeah, in 98. Number two, Mike Norvell. Uh, very much, everybody's excited and FSU and their collective is spending a lot of money. They won eleven games last year, and uh, look, I can tell you as a fan, I'm excited. But if they don't win the ACC this year, after all they're putting forth, I'm gonna be really disappointed. If they go
5: twelve and eleven and one and lose to Clemson, is it disappointing?
6: It. I mean, it's it is and it's not. I mean, I just think that like you gotta, because I don't know who the you know, who the quarterback's going to be after Jordan Travis. Like they're going to look like the guys that they brought, like Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, Johnny Wilson, Trey Benson, all those guys are gone next year. Like the, the 2024 Florida state team will look completely different than the 2023 team. Jared verse gone. You're recruiting well though. Yeah. 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 All the guys, all the ones they brought in there, this is a one year shot to get them back into relevance. And and it looks like it's helping with the high school recruiting, but you know, who's going to be the quarterback? I think
5: they're in relevance, but you're talking about elite. Like, elite, yeah, relic yeah.
6: year-after-year okay. relevance. So, do you get in the 14 team playoff the last time it is, and then can you then keep them in contention for the 12-team playoff the year after you do that? I don't know because there's going to be a ton of roster turnover. He's done well with the transfer portal before,
3: but we'll see. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, and, uh, and I was going to correct myself. Christopher was at Oregon for four. Year. I think I said three years. But, yeah, uh, FSU's in a good spot right now. I don't think that it's it's do or die this season because I think that changes in the transfer portal Air Like, oh, we're losing the quarterback. Well, guess who will probably be a top contender for a quarterback if they don't have one on campus next offseason? Florida State, and yeah. they'll go get – Who's the Devin Leary of next year? Yeah. So I think that's less of a worry than maybe it was, but as far as this particular group, yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. all in, chips are all on the table for this year.
6: Yeah. I mean, I just I think it's not just the quarterback, it's can you get this collective group of guys the same level again it, year after You're year? Trying it's to, to talk
5: it into existence, they're gonna be yeah, really
6: good. I hope, so. I hope so. Number one, Marcus Freeman. And I don't know if he's initially just in the honeymoon period because of the way that Notre Dame finished last year, or if the fans Especially from what we've heard, we're just tired of Brian Kelly.
5: Yeah, because they, they mean, surely they, they pooped down his neck when he left, and yet he did a hell of a job at LSU and acted like they left Notre Dame in shambles, and, and they weren't. Freeman did a nice job. Some bumps in the road, including that Marshall game. Was it Marshall? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: So yeah, we'll see. I don't know, but I put him on the list because it seems like he's got with the fans. They're so excited about him, I and mean, I think that they should be. But I don't know if they're excited about him because they're really excited about him, or yeah. if they are still mad at Brian Kelly, or we're tired of Brian Kelly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I haven't checked the polls out in South Bend in a while to, to really know. I know that there wasn't a lot of support, uh, you know, amongst like Twitter on Marcus Freeman after you know, for example, the the Marshall game or just the entire. Uh, or the the general start to that that 2022 season because that Marshall game had followed the Ohio State loss and so you now where you're 0-2 but after that it wasn't so bad outside the Stanford game and uh and then USC to close the the regular season so you know uh eight and four regular season you beat a really good South Carolina team I mean, that's a pretty good start um can't be too upset about nine wins in year number one with a young head coach. So yeah, I think uh, there's reason for excitement there.
5: All right, Paul, thank you very much for your top or your five. Do we have a super chat or do we have at yeah, time? Yeah, we do. Hayden Maxwell wanted to ask Craig this question, and I have it all locked in. Craig, does your mark add first after Colorado and Arizona, UConn, San Diego State? or Arizona State, I'm confident UConn is coming first. $5 Super Chat, Hayden, thank you.
3: I don't really have uh, much faith in Arizona State or San Diego State, for that matter. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's reasons why to believe that. I just don't. Uh, I don't put a lot of weight on those being sure things, so I I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. I think just based on reading the tea leaves and scuttlebutt and things like that, that UConn seems like it would be more likely. But I'll tell you, I'm not even totally convinced of that either. Yeah. Um, So... But yeah, if I had to pick, I'd say Yukon over over the other two that you mentioned. But man, if somehow it turned out to where they're picking from those schools, then a lot of craziness happened here yeah, that we'll have to to un- unravel.
5: Paxton and many others enjoyed the golf talk. We don't get into that often unless it's a major, but today obviously a huge story with LIV and the PGA Tour's merger. Retired Stockbroker, thank you for a super chat too here on 365 thank Sports. You. Uh, Graham Bronstein, Levi Caraway, three weeks of vacation. Also, Emery Winter, who never seems to get enough time off. Jack McKenzie's about to take long term. Garrett Ross. June's going to be a lot of people off, on and off, or for a long term. For Craig Smoke, Paul Catalina. All of these themes, the top five, but they're his. I'm David Smoke. Thank you to our sponsors and to you, our audience. This is 365 Sports, and good night.
4: DLMRI mri is a small family business right here in central texas we're open to support you while lowering the cost of health care bills when you need an mri ask your doctor for